Ah, Jeffrey. What's that you have in your hand, boy? Pass it over. A telegram. Oh dear. Seems someone has been biting me. Fetch me my trousers at once. No, not those. Those are my time travel trousers. Those are my tea trousers. That's it. Those ones. My fighting trousers. Yeah, yeah. Dear sir, regarding your recent foray into the rap business and the scene you portray, see, I don't normally approve of war games, but he's buying is what they all say. And by Harry, they might be right. This is hip hop, not an Elvis night. Show this professor impersonation. Let it end now, it's impertinent waiting. You seem a reasonable chap. What you need to do is rap and not parody chap hop. Cause that's not proper. Just not cricket. Put away your. You John Cena. Dun 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. Welcome back to the Bacon Burgers. We're back. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for the John Cena. I like me some John Cena. Um, I watched Cockblockers the other day. Everyone should watch Cockblockers. Uh, I'm Tristan on the Baker Burgers. Uh, it's a movie with John Cena and um, who else? It's got. Uh, oh, why did you do this to me? Uh, Leslie Mann. It's got Leslie Mann and that other guy, Leslie Mann, and the other guy who was in the Suicide Squad who told everyone to delete his browser profile of Will Smith shot him. Um, this is a really good start. I feel this isn't clunky at all. This feels like a well-oiled machine. Um, we're back with the Bacon Burgers. I'm Tristan, as always. I'm here with, uh, well, I've got three cohorts, but my two usual cohorts, JL, a.k.a. Sneaky Cheese, a.k.a. Sexy Lemmy, and also Lockie, a.k.a. Sexy Cheese. And we're also here with Rubes fucking Larson. Why, hello there. How I met you, right? Yeah, good. Give, yeah, me, give, give that man a microphone. Just give him a microphone. So, Ru- Rubes, we've got you on. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit later about Operation Bear. Now, Operation Bear is now behind us. We're going to do a quick wrap-up, and then we're going to hit... Uh, Lockie actually did some interviewing on the day, which is amazing, because it's something I always say I'm going to do, and then I never do it because I always get a little bit excited. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing it. I kind of just bought... Um, went, went down to JB Hi-Fi, bought one of those um, microphones that you can... It was good. Plug into, my, ...into my iPhone. It was yeah. super easy. Um, picked up... Generally, pretty good, good sound level, so um, hope you guys enjoy it. I'm Love pretty it. sure you've only got like one or two outstanding lawsuits against you after that. So, I mean, that's good. I mean, that's I, I, I can't get those kind of numbers. I always end up, everybody has a crack at me afterwards. But no, Rubes, we got you here because, um, you know, you had a pretty outstanding result uh, up there. Yeah, yeah. Got myself a trophy. You yeah, did get a trophy, yeah. but we're going to talk about that later. We'll just leave that on the back burner for the time being. So, post up there. Rubes, how about this? Um, first off, uh, first off, so you are a current serving uh, Victorian police force member. Uh, that's correct. Yep. Thank you very much. Well, I genuinely that. appreciate. I genuinely say that as well because uh, you know that's a big thank you to all our serving members. Uh, you do a difficult job under difficult circumstances, and um, I'll try and keep the ribbing to a minimum <laughs> because I'm pretty sure you'll have somebody waiting for me outside. Oh yeah. Um, I've already made the call. You've already. <laughs> um, so Rubes, talk to us. What's your gaming history, mate? Uh, I started gaming. Oh, geez, I'm gonna date myself here. Uh, back when I was ten, when uh, um, I moved up to the country and I got into the original uh, fighting fantasy books. From there, yeah. we've had a big conversation. Oh, about yeah. those we tonight. we just, we just finished this. I, I I was a huge fighting fantasy Love enthusiast shit. as well. So, what what's your favourite fighting fantasy? Oh, 
Armies of Death. We It was a war game in a role-playing game. You had to build an army and fight an invasion by orcs and chaos. It's, yeah. I, for me personally, it was either Forest of Doom. Oh, classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. or um, Terror in the Deep. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. That, That's an outlier, yeah. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that one because you had that whole thing where like all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're drowning and then you feel these tingling thing and then mm. the water doesn't taste so wet in your mouth and mm-hmm. then you're living under this constant fear of like, when the fuck are these gills going to disappear? <laughs> they're, they're fantastic. And for those of you, got, for, for those of you out there who may not know, these are uh, books that were written by Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston. Uh, these guys then went on to make war, uh, uh, Games Workshop. They're like they're the founding. We don't partners. we don't blame them. No, for for the early days. No, <laughs> mistakes were made. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're fantastic books, and they are like they are. I mean, like like Hugh Rubes and like mm-hmm. Hugh JL. They are they are my genesis as well. I was introduced to them. I mentioned it on the last podcast um, by my uh, foster brother Tim, who had a stack of these books, and they are just fucking great. I recommend everybody Massive get their hands fan on them. Of them. Yeah, Massive word. Fan. I mean, my my thing was uh, I I was interested in the idea of role playing and whatever, but. Um, because of isolation and being probably the biggest geek on legs, I didn't have any friends that would actually <laughs> could only, or would I'm play only, this with me. You. If only we'd live near each other, right? <laughs> yeah. We'd probably irritate the shit out of each other, but yeah, oh yeah. well. No, but I mean, you could do amazing things. All you needed was like an A4 sheet of paper, a pencil, an eraser, and a couple of dice. And that was like, that was it for a couple of hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could bury your nose in one. And you could do it with friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, that's part of when I was growing up, learning to read and stuff. My grandmother's a school teacher, and she used to sit there and play the game with me so it encouraged me to read that's so awesome that's fantastic awesome. so you started off with uh, fighting fantasy yeah uh, then uh, space crusade when that was uh, first release that was my 10th or 11th birthday big thank you to garrett who actually gifted me a copy of space crusade last night amazing I'm so, game i'm so happy oh I, i'm gonna have to have a game and, with you and oh no everyone's getting a game of that with me uh, uh do, i have do you know i have a story about german space crusade is it Hitler Star Crusade? Quest. No, uh, yeah, it's 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 Star, Star, Star Quest. It's actually the opposite. That um, they were so sensitive about children playing military games in the eighties that to get it past um, their internal censorship regime, yeah. all enemy creatures were replaced with robots because you couldn't play a game where you shot another living thing. Yep. No shit. So everything was a ne- everything was a necron. Everything was a robot. A necron or a juggernaut. Have you seen the box art for Space Crusade? That guy is a Nazi poster child. Oh yeah, with, but he's he's. Yeah. This was the days when Dark Angel officers wore white yes armor, which yeah. is a relic of second edition forty uh, k. They look cool. Late Road Trader early yeah. second yeah. ed yeah. So yeah, um, and I, I think in about an hour. What time is it now? Is it like quarter quarter to nine? No, it's quarter past eight. Quarter past eight. In about half an hour, there's a. Uh, a I've, I've actually got a bid going on um, eBay. Hopefully, I'm going to win myself a copy of Hero Quest because I cannot fucking wait to play that. I, I love Hero Quest. Like, I'll I don't, use I don't my know, we're going to play some fucking Honestly, I don't know any of the other games you've just been talking about. Yeah. But, like, well, Hero space, Quest is a sick game. Yeah, well, Space Crusade is by the same mob. They, Fireball. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Broadsword. <laughs> Heaps of fun. I'd, I'd love to play some games with you. No, I, I don't oh, know whether you guys We're going to play some fucking Hero Quest. I've actually got two of the expansions for Hero Quest. No. Too. Keller's Keep and uh, Lair of the Witch Lord. Yes. I couldn't get the Ogre one. I was spewing. I never got the Ogre one. Well, Garrett has actually got two copies of Hero Quest. He's got his original copy that he bought back in like the fucking 80s. And I painted it, and the you know the elf, the elf swordsman. Yep. His pet rat chewed the head off of it, so I actually I yeah, I, I should have. You can't do a head swap because the hair is really long. Yeah. 
So I used green stuff, built a new head, and then couldn't actually figure out how to give him eyes. So he's now blindfolded. He's like the blind elven swordsman. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, that'll do. I'll fucking... Like, yeah, but the, I love those games. Yeah, the and other the, great thing about HeroQuest was the... The best British, thing about British HeroQuest... television ad yes. from when oh it came Oh my God, out. right? I don't know whether that was ever ever shown here. I, I certainly so don't remember. the sliding door aside and all yeah, of a sudden there's, and there's a gargoyle. Yes! In there. yeah. Yes! You know what? You, Broadsword. Broadsword. <laughs> you should, everybody, everyone should jump on YouTube and just um, t- do a search on the best thing about HeroQuest is. And there's an Australian guy who did a review of HeroQuest and it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But how's this? Garrett, the fucking cheeky motherfucker, said, if I find another copy of HeroQuest, do you want to go halves with me? I said, fuck yes, I do. It's a great game. So Garrett, Garrett used to do this thing all the time called garage sailing where he would literally go and do garage sales all day on Sundays. Rang, rings me up. He's gone. Oh, hey, it says a garage sale. I got a copy of Hero Quest. Are you still interested in going 50 50? I said, Yeah, how much do you get it for? He's like, Okay, you ready? And I'm thinking, Oh, God, what the fuck? Like, seriously, I know how much this is worth. You know, and Nikki's going to kill me if I say I need to, you know, pony up 100 bucks. He's like, You owe me 50 cents. <laughs> he got it for a fucking dollar and it's nearly brand new. This woman bought it for her kids. They literally snapped a couple of the monsters off, decided they didn't like it put it all back in the box and it's been sitting there since the 80s mint condition. I, I wow. remember a, a couple of years ago um, fucking dollar I, w- I was at the pub and my ex-girlfriend rang me up and said hey I'm at a garage sale you should really come and look at this they've got a broadsword broadsword <laughs> no I bought a bone brood <laughs> <laughs> no I, I bought pretty pretty much a uh, imperial guard armoured company for about 35 bucks bargain wow someone that's um, fucking amazing. Just all sitting in boxes, 30 Lehman Russ tanks, whatever. That is fucking incredible. I love it. I went to uh, NWA, had a hobby day. They were like Who doing did? A- NWA. NWA. No, you have no idea. They, they was put it on- straight out of Box Hill? <laughs> straight out of another wedding. Um, no, they had a, a day. Nikki was off getting her hair done. I took Lex and yeah, we went for a walk around. Um, they had a ga- The only game I was truly interested in, boys, was one. It was like a bomber fighter game. Where the terrain it looked like um you have bombers coming over the white cliffs of Dover and fighter interceptors and shit. Blood red skies. It wasn't blood red skies. It's I've I found it somewhere and I'm like yeah I, I'll have to talk to you about that. Not wings of glory or something like that oh, was it? Could it? be it might be. I know there's a World War One. No, it's World one, War Two. And there's definitely a World, World War Two one as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely World War Two. Might be wings. That was the only one that I was looking at and I was I mean you JL you'll relate to this because you'll be looking at like you're looking at it going. That looks fucking incredible. I'd only need like 10 models at the most. And then you actually go, hang on a minute. Oh, look at all the terrain I'd have to build. Nah, fuck that. I'm not building, <laughs> I'm not building terrain well, like 117 yeah, I scale. I was or, looking at that. Um, no, less than that, like um, 100. Wings of Glory thing at, uh, oh, at Bear with, with covetous you. eyes. Oh, the blood red skies. Fucking like Aaron skies, Cattle, yeah. the luckiest yeah. motherfucker. motherfucker. Yeah, they, like seriously, Aaron Cattle, This you're talking about a man who has three rooms in his house and a garage just full of fucking games and hobby shit. And he's like, oh, I need more. I need more. I'm like, you have a problem. He's like, mm, you've got a problem. You have a problem. You don't have all this. This is your problem. Anyway, Rube, so, sorry. No, this is us. No. We, 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 we no, derail you, all the time. You it's- basically described my old house when I was living in Keeler Downs. Um, I literally had a games room with a two six by four tables set up. Love it. Full of shelf space. The dining room was converted into a gaming space with shelves with miniatures. Are you sure you didn't live with Anthony? This sounds a lot like Amph's houses. Oh, no, I basically had the house to myself the lounge room was then getting covered in shelves and miniatures 
Um, and then it's now all in a storage container. Since kind of kind of hard to bring a girl home to that, mate. If, uh... Well, luckily it was in the back part of the house, so I yeah. could close that off. Yeah. <laughs> don't go past that door. There's a yeah. there's a what's back there. There's nah, a dog. No there's a bad dog. It's <laughs> a very bad. Just don't. Mm. There's a ferret. There's a ferret back there. <laughs> <laughs> Two cats and a Frenchman. How, how's that going, mate? We we good? Oh well, there has been an update in my in my living situation. Please, please give me some good news. No, so the day no two days after Op Bear, yep. luckily I helped my old housemate get rid of my cats. Well, like permanently? Are they? Yeah, I a, took them to the farm. No. In, a, in a bag <laughs> no, at the bottom of the river. No, we've we've had to had to trap them in a little room. And, you had to and, trap and, them? No, because we're not going anywhere, just, dude. These cats are so skittish, right? They just run away at the side of you a lot of the time. So we had to trap in a them in a room it was like with this big operation put them in these little cages get put them in an uber <laughs> we had to call the uber driver and say hey mate um do you, do you mind if we uh, we bring some cats in your car and he's like oh and yeah it's fine he's probably thinking like a couple of like you know really tame cats and basically you've just given him these like like uh, yeah. oh my god like they're like just like tasmanian devils no they're, they're just pungent really, they're small, brutal no, things they're just yeah. small little little cats but it's hateful string they were just meowing they were not happy happy about moving but anyway the, the long story short is they're not living in my you don't have anymore. any cats so you're, you're now free I've cats got, now i've just got to deal with the frenchman and the and the how many spanish girl we can send <laughs> so them to the how farm many, how many french you still got two frenchmen no well, only one at the moment only one did the, the other one go to live on the farm he did he did he I, went I, in the uber he popped him in well, the uber actually, with the cats my, the uber driver was french <laughs> <laughs> was he looking for a place to live and you're like keep on driving motherfucker get out of here drive your drive your fiat up the road you're, there's no way you're, you're staying you're here Renault. yeah you're <laughs> you're one you're one man you're one man fucking turret you're Renault. so I have been corrected by JL that um, <laughs> that the Renault 35 is not actually pronounced Renault. <laughs> it's Renault. Yeah, it's Renault. Yeah, well, turns out I'm a Bogan Australian. And yeah, it's true. And don't it's pronounce very true you are. All right, guys, let's get back on track. Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. Rubes is here. Our, our, um, our, our guest. guest. <laughs> no, seriously, mate, I want to know. So okay, hang on, hang on. I'm going to put my mic down because yeah, otherwise I will interrupt. That's it's right. Thank, thanks, there guys. No, no, no. Mate, how um so how long have you been playing bold action? What hang on, hang on. Yeah, wait, no, Rubes, here you go. You got my mic. Oh, here we go. There we go, no mic. Now I have the power. You have nothing. <laughs> mate, mate when did you get into bold action? Um honestly about four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah. I um What made you get in? Computer game called Rising Sun, which was uh an on for Red Orchestra two, which was a Stalingrad first person shooter. Oh, Red Orchestra. The tank simulator for oh, yeah. Arad on Red Orchestra 2 is so good. Yes. Oh. Love getting in the tanks. But the add-on, the Rising Storm is actually uh, US Marines versus Japanese in the Pacific. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, one of my favourite maps was the Guadalcanal map, which is a attack defence map. And I'm looking at it going, oh, I, I used to get uh, game World War 2 stuff in 172nd years ago in my high school days. And I'd ummed and hard, I'd seen bolt action. I'm like, oh, I'd got so much 40k in fantasy. Like, literally, I have a full Titan Legion of 40k scale Titans. Oh and God, from, from Forge World? Yes. You, yes, did, I've that even was got a the house war- deposit kind of thing. Pretty much. Yeah, cool. I even got the Warlord. Um, oh my God. <laughs> got, got him well, off how him. much was that? Thousand? Oh, I got it second hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 all, 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 all the way out to Bendigo. Remember, you don't have a mic. My, my wife saw an apocalypse game with a full Titan Legion deployed and she was saying, oh, that looks great. And I'm like, 
Yeah. If you only knew. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going (laughs) to drop any hints about how much this shit costs. No way. It's actually ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. People pay it like like our friends. I got it secondhand off a good mate of mine. So he built it, put it all together. So I didn't have to worry about the construction or cleaning. He undercoated it and then goes, "Eh, it's too much for me here. Do you want it nice and cheap? So I got a couple of Titans for the price of a Warlord. So I couldn't say no. That's pretty sweet. But um, But you decided Titans weren't doing it for you? needed to play uh panzer four yeah well you know tiger fear is uh <laughs> to be envied but um yeah so i got a box of marines and a box of japanese after playing the computer game incessantly mm-hmm. and they're still sitting uh largely in the box covered in dust <laughs> on the shelf um really we- you were playing a guadal canal list yeah yep. you, um at operation grief yeah uh no in BadgerCon. Badger, BadgerCon, Bad- I ran uh, SNLF. Bad- BadgerCon, yeah. Um, yeah, so most most Too of my original events, box. Guys, come on. <laughs> it's, that, it's that event you came second after me, remember? Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, really wanted to do the uh, sort of Guadalcanal for my, my first two armies. Um, still haven't done a full Guadalcanal uh, force on either side. Um, I looked at the terrain in the game and went, oh, I can make some little... Uh, bamboo huts and uh, log uh, bunkers. Still haven't done that. Well, there are uh, some nice ones coming out from um, oh yeah. Knights of Dice. Yes, um, yes. Like, they're doing some great work over there, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, I'm going to look at getting uh, one of their village setups because that looks amazing. Um, mm. Really looks good. I love the work they're doing. So, all right, so you got uh, got a, a little bit of Marines. You got you got a Guadalcanal force kind of thing. Yep, um, yep. You've also got some Germans. Yeah, well, I um, my first bolt-action force that I actually painted was a sort of mid-war uh, German force. Um, very badly painted. I'm not the greatest painter. I'll, I'll uh, be a few years before I can challenge Tristan for uh, best painter, but I will challenge you one day. <laughs> Do it, man. It's, in my opinion, best painter is the award that you need to win. Yeah, sorry. Um, you would agree. It's like, at, at the end of the day, like if you win a best painted, I mean, you're like, at the end of the day, I'm just saying at the end of the day a lot. Um <laughs> If you, the end of the day now. It is the very end of the day. Um, if you play at a bolt action event, you can... Shut the fuck up. Uh, if you play at a bolt action event, um, you can... It's A lot of it comes down to dice rolls and you can... If you have yeah. a shitty day, that's you know that that can that can reflect and all of a sudden your entire day falls over. You're covered in hate grease before you, you know it. You are smeared <laughs> in it. But... If you put the work in at the at your hobby yeah. table and you, I mean, I'm I'm very lucky in that I'm I have amazing uh, you know mentors and friends like Patch and Brian and JL as well who like offer me advice and say if you do it this way you'll get the at the end of the day, if you listen to those people and you get advice and you take it on and you work hard you'll do it man it's like there's no yeah. I mean like Han Solo said it's you know there's no mystical shoot energy <laughs> shoot always there's no mystical force you know guiding me it's just, literally just simple tricks and nonsense in my experiences there's no such thing as luck boom <laughs> so um i was kind of been collecting for quite a few years um to be honest i've probably got about 20 different lists i could potentially field um none of it painted because i'm a very slow painter um and i started watching the uh, the bolt action page is the bolt action australia new zealand page and um Tristan messaged me once about coming along to a VBAL event and I'm like, uh, I've been to a few 40K events and didn't like how salty some well, of the players I, were. I'd noticed that you were I'd noticed that you were posting a lot and you were you were following stuff and you'd asked to join I think the VBAL group. I remember thinking to myself, this guy's in Melbourne, he has toys. For fuck's sake, just come and play. Like yeah. it's not 
and then you and I started talking. Yep. And thanks to Hari, actually, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, look, Hari's a, Hari's really good at that. He will just talk to anybody about yeah. anything. Top bloke. Yeah. Uh, well, Beat yeah. him at BadgerCon. I mean, yeah. Top yeah. bloke. Yeah. Queenslander. I mean, you, yeah. you got it. You, yeah. you, you give him. You, you give him a bit of leeway. He drinks a lot of Forex, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so just to go back that. to that that last comment, without throwing shade at another game system, I'm curious to to know. I, I came out of the Melbourne 40k tournament scene also and uh what you what your more detailed impression about how those differences yeah. work and and how so i noticed i mean i was i was never a big tournament player i mean list building is my least favorite part of the hobby i love collecting i love painting i love putting stuff together but i always struggled on list building and i always found 40k in particular was a power game it was always who can build the best math hammer list absolutely that, yeah. and um that's the impression that I got from talking to you. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think that that may have also been a particular time. I'm guessing around early fifth, late fourth, uh, early fifth or? Mid-sixth, roughly. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, By that point, absolutely, it had gone, yeah. gone and down I played path. like I played one event where there was a minimum three-colour standard. Um, I wasn't a fast painter, but I pushed myself to get three colours and a few units actually completed. Went up against an Eldar force that was unpainted there was blue tack together and the guy was an absolute dick to play against. And I'm just like, that's just cancer. That's an unusual thing. Certainly in my, in my experience, one of the things that they pushed really hard um, when, when I was really into that scene, which would have been around 2008, 2009, maybe um, was, it was three color minimum. Absolutely. But your finishing score your paint score was incorporated yeah, into it yep. and you could really push yourself up your finishing score um, been, by I've having been, a really nice army. I've been thinking about this a bit recently. Do you reckon that's something that's worth... I think so, but we need to have an independent judge that yeah, not, yep. I, doesn't I, have any I skin in a, the fight. I saw abuses of the system where like, with the sportsmanship points and the, your yeah, points would add towards your final score. People were... People were People were tanking it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, that's. I think that I like the idea of uh, the sportsman thing. I don't think so. At, at the end of the day, I don't like the sportsman awards so much when it comes to a one-day event because over three games, I think it works over five or six because that way, like one person has had, to, especially over two days. But in in, in three I mean? games, it just takes one time where, through no fault of your own, you know, you're really up against it. Your feet are sore. You've got a cold, and you're not getting on with this guy that you're playing. You're being breeze. you're being civil, but somehow it's you're just you're not civil, connecting. You're civil, but you're short. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing yeah. you. Yeah. But the other thing is, uh, I, like I've heard stories where it went really badly the other way, where you end up with these guys who are like that disingenuously. Oh, like oh, I'm going to ingratiating. Get a drink. Yeah. Oh, do you want a drink? Can I get you a drink? Can I? And they're complete pricks, but they're playing that act because all they want—they're not doing it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. They're doing it because they want. And to disclaimer: I think this is a very minor part of the community, like whether part of the 40k or oh, dude, action I, or whatever. What I know but about I reckon, 40k community yeah. is from you three. Like I don't—I know nothing about it. Yeah, like, for sure. I mean, that just certainly happened, but I like you know, it's it's certainly the an outlier rather than. Um, main thing but i don't i just don't think that oh sorry mate i don't i don't think that um any of that um like in, incorporating sports scores or paint scores into the main well the, the my, main my rationale system. for for sports scores i i agree it it should be a red card thing or a yellow card if you've got a reason to suspect that somebody was cheating or 
being an egregious dickhead, put your hand up, it's just between you and the TO. If it's perceived as being bad enough, it's dealt with that way. Um, my rationale behind incorporating paint score, though, is that um, the way that we currently do it, it's a zero-sum game. You either, you either win or you don't, um, but there's no... If you look at, you know, in the lead-up to an event, you, you see there's, there's usually a burst of people saying, here's the army that I'm painting, and you see some amazing stuff, and then you look at yours and go, look, it's pretty nice, but it's not it's in It's tabletop, contention. but it's not going to win me or best it's, painting. Or, or it's maybe 10% off that wow factor that sure. you go. It, it becomes zero-sum. You may as well have taken unpainted for all the good that it's done you. Yeah. Um, so having some kind of acknowledgement of like that built into the final yeah, placement absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for people so that aren't going to be in, in the top one or two or three painted slots but yeah. have really put a lot of effort in. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. Before we go any further, just uh, just a, a quick word out. Um, we are four men sharing three microphones, so if things sound stunted or you hear people apologising, that's why it was, we're having to hand microphones we're, around. We're just passing the... Mikey pa to the left-hand side. Yeah, pass talk, it to talk, pass. talk, pass. Talk, talk, <laughs> talk, talk, pass. Well, I'm going to talk, talk, pass to Lockie. Here you go. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Jal. It's For me, I'm a slow painter, um, and I've actually found, I think it also comes down to the community expectations. One thing I've found with bolt action is like, Operation Wolf was my first bolt action event. And look, I'll be honest, I was hesitant because of my toe-dipping experience with 40K and I didn't come off with a good impression. And I'm like, oh, do I really want to go into another competitive scene where, you know, dice get thrown at your head halfway through the day sort of stuff. I'm but sorry. <laughs> I've still got that one embedded behind my left ear somewhere, Tristan. Uh, no, no. Um, he was very generous in uh, beating me at uh, BadgerCon. Very uh, great man to play. I didn't beat you. Your list beat you. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, that's a whole different story. But um, I found that with Bolt Action, there's even though I messaged Brad at the start before Op Wolf because I was like, I don't know if I can get this painted. I'm working long hours. I don't know if I can get it done. And I messaged him and said, what's the minimum paint standard? And he goes, oh, look, it's a beginner-friendly event. So, look, we'd love to see a fully painted army. But, look, don't stress if you don't get it there. But I managed to get the army painted and it was great to put a, a painted army on the table. It wasn't going to win any awards, but it was painted, it was tabletop. And I consider my DAC army a higher tabletop standard. It's not the basic, just throw a colour and wash, but it's not anything superb. Um, but I found the community expectation of having a painted army for bolt action, even if it's not a award-winning army, that kind of, regardless of there's a painting score or a drive to get that painting score in there's that almost community expectation it's not a nasty expectation either. it's a friendly expectation that all these magnificent armies are getting there on the tabletop i want to get an army on the tabletop that's painted as well yeah and i, I think i think the community is doing that without a point yeah. system as well yeah i mean we we could be giving points away um and to basically say hey um if you didn't bring a painted army you can't win so yeah. like you might get you know a win's worth of points but um, yeah, I don't think we need to to be bringing in point systems for like for scaling. Particularly, I know you two might 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 be uh, all for that, but you do are two yeah. two of the best painters in in our um, Victorian community at least. So it's not just yeah. You heard and that. So, slap. So, so coming from like an average painter like me, I certainly don't want it. No, but I think you should keep painting separate. Um, you know. Um, 
battle points separate and then sports separate. Like, I don't think it, they all need to be integrated because otherwise it just becomes a bit of a mess. And, and I think, you know, part of that comes down to this, the sense that I, I think everything we're, we're doing with VBAL is this is an event, not strictly a competition. We, we're here to roll dice. We're here to get people to, to see what we do. We're here to make, make new friends. People that we haven't met are, are all welcome. And, you know, if you want to have a, have a full grudge match, hardcore mano a mano thing we can do that too um so yeah I, I, I get where you're coming from with that um part of my preference for um incorporating that came as i say came from the 40k thing that um i was never in contention for podium not even close but um there would often be three armies that i'd painted um going around the event and i was always really interested um to see a detailed assessment of someone who knew what they were doing, um, go through and mark the the painting standard and give me the criticism and feedback about uh, how that works. So, and and to my knowledge, well, I've only seen it done once where we, we've had an independent um, painting judge come through, which was one of those ones above your head, uh, General Winter or something. Yeah. So yeah, that was there. Yeah, that was one of the events that I ran, um, and. It, yeah, I basically got... Uh, <clears throat> I've done it twice. The first time I got Riordan, he's the guy who runs... He owns House of War. Um, he came along and he's quite... A, well, no, not quite. He's a very good painter. Well, he um, would see an awful lot of painted armies come through there. So I got Riordan to come through and I just said, look, I need you to vote best painted. Um, I don't remember who he voted for. Um, yeah, I was running the event, so I don't think it was one of mine. No, it was me. I won that. And you can do that. No, kind of no, no, no. Here's the, here's no, no, no. So the one that you won is Riordan was asleep downstairs. We couldn't wake him up, so I got Galen to do it. And Galen, oh, oh, okay. Galen right. is not a painter, but Galen, I basically he, he said to, he was very up close to that. He just said, "Look, I'm not a painter." And I said, "Galen, it doesn't matter. I'm looking. I want you to go and tell me which army you think looks the best. So I want you to look at it from a technical aspect and say." That is painted beautifully. So the one who had the best display board? Uh, no display boards. JL's was... No, no. Yeah, I so, didn't have a display So um, Galen, unbeknownst <laughs> to me, basically walked around while you guys were playing and just sort of had a look at each army and he was really enamored by fucking spotty boys on horses. <laughs> and he just walked up to me and said, the army with the horses. And I was like, oh, really? Horses? He's it's like, yeah. It's a theme now. It is. Yeah. The, what, what is the theme? No. Horse <laughs> cock. Fucking horse cock. That's the that's the yeah. theme there. So yeah, um, the independent thing I think works. Uh, it's if I was to do it again, I think using Riordan was good because Riordan has an idea of how to paint a miniature. Mm. Uh, Galen, look, Galen did a good job, but he doesn't understand the technical aspect of what actually goes into mm. painting an army. And I'm not saying for one instance that you didn't deserve to win that award. No, no, no. I thought your army was great. But I, I, I think there was there were some motions towards that in in Bear from from what I gather from listening to. Uh, Brad's debrief that um, uh, he had photographed the display boards of the ones that uh, were decided were in contention um, and sent those pictures off to some independent uh, judges. But I, I don't think that's any substitute for seeing it in the flesh. I think that there was there was a guy actually walking around checking armies because if and I'm only oh, this is only an assumption on my part. I haven't listened to Brad's podcast on that. I've just started a new job. I've had shingles. That's been fucking fun. Let me just say, anyone out there who hasn't had shingles, go and get that because that's 
If you want to paint a lot of Soviets, go and get shingles because you have time on your hands. Trust Nurgle's me. Nurgle's rot. On yeah, your you're hands. fucking right. Um, so, as far as I could tell, it was. It seemed when it came down to the award that I actually won, which was the Hobby Hero Award, which was uh, awarded to the army, which was voted. From what I can see, it was uh, best conversion, best painted, and best theme. Basically, the best army overall. Um, it was down between myself and Chris Marconis because those were the two armies that Brad had. I think Brad had an independent judge who was walking around and he spent a lot of time looking at Chris's army. Then he had a lot of time looking at my army. Um, and yeah, as far as I can understand that, it came out of myself and Chris Marconis. One thing I also like, um, especially with like uh, Bear and Grief did as well, it's not every army that's there for... Um, for contention for best painted, yeah, the best five or ten, depending on the size of the event. It was ten. Yeah, we. I think, uh, grief was five, I think. Ten. No, we had ten at grief. I. So basically, Lockie was supposed to pick the ten, but Lockie was locked in a game because we had an odd number. Mm. We didn't want to give somebody a buy, so yeah, I ran around and picked the ten. Yeah, I, I look. I I like that because, especially at a big event. I mean. Bear was a big event. Oh, you can't go around and look at 32 it's armies. Exactly right. And then to actually get in and look at each army closely to go, all right, yeah. well, this one's really nicely done or this one's yep. just tabletop standard. You need so to pick should, out 10 and put them in a, in a exactly place and right. say, yeah. that's where they are. Did, go did, and have a look. Did you ever, right go to, ever go to Arcanicon? I did a few years. Not to play, but I always went okay. and had a, so had a the, watch. They, they would have um, 75, 80 players. So... Um, a lot of armies to, to go through, but the but because it was over two days, they would go through and almost interrupt your game and say, "Show me what you think the best painted miniature in your army Show is." Show me what you got. Uh, we've just had an interruption from the giant floating head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to get thrifty and you uh, got. shit on the floor. You know, continue <laughs> going. Um, interrupt your game. Pretty much say, show me the best shit that you've got. If there are any conversions in your army, show I me. I do remember seeing that happen. If, the, if there are any games. painting techniques that you think are next level, show me and tell me what you did. Um, I don't mind that, actually, because if you're way down in the middle of, yeah, 75, 80 players, you know you're not in contention, but you, you, you get, some, a, recognition you, you as get well. some good recognition from that, and it would really... Mm push me up certainly better than my battle scores would uh, oh here truth allow. comes out <laughs> no. <laughs> no I used to get caned in 40k man seriously at the end of 5th edition and certainly going into 6 I was getting pasted because um, I was playing at Viv's old shop um, all the time and these guys that, and then moving into the club that I, I helped start they were all hardcore tournament players it was always uh, I'm testing out a list for blah 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 tournament, um, and I just rock up with whatever was in my bag. And yeah. go, this looks like a Space Marine list from 1993. <laughs> that, that's that's why I like Bolt Action because I can take that thematic list, whereas and it's not going to matter as much. A guy with a rifle is a guy with a rifle. I mean, yes, I can see Tristan grimacing at me, and yes, it does. We will have a change, good. Di- we will have a good discussion about this later. It is in the next. This segment. is coming. But 40, it is known. Forty K in particular was a game I found that it was very hard to take a thematic list unless it was tailored around a formation, which gave you a heap of extra rules. Um, and I like fluff. Like I put an army on the table, and like as Tristan mentioned, my list worked against me at Badgercon. I had six order dice. I knew it was a bad idea. 
I, I that knew, was such a baller list. <laughs> I, I, I knew that, all right, I'm going to get my, got my ass handed to me on this one. But I built it around a particular fluff idea and I went, I'm going to get my ass kicked, but I'm going to have fun doing it. Yeah, you fucked up Hari round one. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, was set, I was set to play you and then I had to play Lockie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> JL thought, this is the easy road to glory. <laughs> You just would have machine gunned him to death. No, dude, you definitely would have got the um, the bolt action bar- uh, badass, is it? Yeah, yeah. For, um, for that army. That did, was awesome. Did Gus hand out a Hannah Swag award at Badge? I don't think he did, did he? No, he wasn't. No. Was, you would have won You would have won Hannah Swag for that, for sure. He handed out uh, dice for the worst roll, and that was my game against Hari. I had two yeah. foobars right after each other. That's amazing. And I was tempted to go for a third, but I chose to put the dice down. The, the funny thing was, you just come off a game against Hari and you won. And I, I didn't really, I didn't know you well enough at that stage to think, I know the kind of player you are, I know the kind of list you play. And I know that you just kind of stomps Hari and I'm like, fuck, Hari's got like a 14 order dice list and that's a good list that he's got. And you just beat him with six? Like I was, I thought I was complaining like Gandalf or some shit like that. I'm like, this is going to be fucked. I'm going to, and then I know I got, I got some really lucky rolls. There were some assaults that I won that I should just not have won. Yeah, I mean, the the table that that Harry and I played on was your uh, jungle table. Yeah, and that suited my army to a T. I had low order dice, I had lots of cover, and it allowed me to get up in his face and bayonet range straight away. Yeah, Jay, I had the exact opposite experience in on that table. That motherfucking. Look at him. Listen to him muttering over the. The jungle division likes the jungle. Yeah, they do. They love the jungle. They they caress it. Anyway, yeah, welcome so in the jungle. They do love it in the jungle. They got fun and games. So, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Dad jokes the whole time. Um, so, yeah. So, Hari, you've basically... Hari. Roots. I just called him Hari. That's incredible. Lucky Light. <laughs> yeah. He is actually Lucky Light. So, Roots, yeah. So, you've basically got... How many armies have you got now? Let's get uh, us back to bold action. Well, painted, I think I've got about five or six now. I've painted four this year so far. He's the new Anthony. He's the new Anthony. I'm saying, I'm, I'm calling it To be now. fair, it's, it's table standard. It's not, I'm not going above and beyond. I'm just pumping them out. Each each tournament or event I go to this year, I want to run a different army and a different list. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling you. Um, because I've got such a big collection that's unpainted, it's driving me to get stuff done. It's almost like you need a couple of mates to paint stuff for you. Ah, fuck. <laughs> wonder who might... Uh... Hang on, what do you, just just take the microphone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what, do you want to just... Uh kind of go into hobby with this talk okay no worries what have you done yeah what have you done recently what have you done since what have you done since bear you done for me lately what have you done love the segue um well look i had as we were talking about uh painted armies and expectations i kind of slipped up a bit in the lead up to bear i didn't get my army fully finished Um, you're out there arresting perps i was doing 50 60 hour a week sort of thing in the lead up not good enough mate yeah, I know. Pick up your game. And uh, started panic slamming the paint on the Saturday before. Uh, I think I spent ten hours on the Saturday before bear throwing paint. I've not heard. Jerseys. I've not heard panic slamming. I've heard. I've heard. It was Harry's got a hate boner. No, yeah. you've got a hate boner for Harry's murder wagon. That's it. I did kill that thing in that game though. That was my one goal for Badgercon. Kill the murder wagon. Oh yeah, I like it. But I like uh, it. the panic slamming the paint, getting uh, the base colors down as quickly as I could to sure. at least get some color on. Yep. Um, so since Bear, I've finished off pretty much all the army. I've just got to base it now. So it's a German army? Yep, yep. 1939, uh, almost one-to-one platoon structure. Yep. Um, and now I've since started on Soviets for the upcoming Hoff event. So. Fucking Soviets. So Everyone's breaking out in Soviets. Know, right? It's like I'm, your rash, man. It's going it's everywhere. everywhere. It Anyone is. Red and, red and... <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm selling one. Lockie's got a Soviet army. So... Um, 
All right, so we started on Soviets. Uh, we're going to talk about Hoff after we come back from the... Um, we've actually got the, the roving Lockie segment coming up a bit later, and then we'll have a quick wrap-up on Bear, and then we'll have a chat about what we're doing for Hoff. Um, we're going to... We've actually segued quite a bit. Lockie, Hobby, talk to me. What have you been doing? Mate, I've been putting some paint on the French. It's been great. It's been looking good. Yeah. I'm very, very impressed. Thanks, mate. Yeah, so, well, I've been um, following some of Patch's painting guides. You so, cannot go far wrong with that man's guides. Well, the problem is, is like, you, you look at it, you know, like, the, the Simpsons episode, when Homer builds the, the barbecue and he's actually built... <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Yeah, no, actually, no. When he, he, he was building the pool and he's actually built the barn and the guy's like... Yeah. <laughs> just, like just, a, just a fine bar. <laughs> Like, why, why doesn't mine look like that? Yeah. No, so I look at mine and I'm like, I'm, I'm reasonably happy with them, but like I can never live up to like patches. No, you never do it. So I, I just yeah. need to just need to remember, I guess. It's like they don't have to look that good. They don't yeah. have to look like they're alive. No, but the thing is, like, if you aim for that, even if you fall short, it's still going to look great. That's what you've got to remember. Like I, like I use Brian. Brian is my gold standard and patch is like my gold light standard i don't know but like those two guys if i can aim for what they do i don't like i'll never be as good as brian i know that for a fact brian's been painting for many 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 years and it will just take me so long to catch up on what he does and that's fine i'm okay with that patch is maybe a little bit more attainable because patch was by the time i came in patch had only been painting for a couple of years and i'm i feel i'm slowly starting to catch him i don't have his command of contrast his shit looks fucking incredible. And if I can get anywhere near what Patch does in the time frame that he does, I'll be happy. But Let's see, the, the way I look at it too is as long as you keep putting paint down and you keep trying new things and giving it a crack. Oh, yeah. It's like my niece has just started getting bolt action and she's actually yep. starting on French Army as well. And I've started... French in Melbourne. I'm loving oh, this. Yeah. Oh, baby. Yep. Um, she'll match my um, my 1940 French Foreign Legion for, for Europe that I ran for... Lovely. Uh, for grief, actually. Um, but I keep keep saying to her she looks at it and she goes oh but but mine's not as good as the picture and i went it doesn't matter get some paint on it have some fun doing it what, she's talking about the picture on the back of the box yeah, yeah. oh god no okay yeah, yeah. i know yeah i know yeah but because she's she's got that youthful experience of, of enthusiasm going i want my stuff to look like that and i keep saying it's not going to look like that straight off the bat but if you keep trying and you keep practicing it and if it doesn't turn out that great fine we'll strip it back and start again yeah if don't, it's a metal model it's not exactly that difficult right. yeah um don't get disheartened just keep throwing paint on it keep yep. giving it a go and i'll keep showing you new ways to do stuff yeah and eventually you, you get there oh, absolutely absolutely and this is it like if you just if you practice 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 you get better it's as simple as that yeah it, it takes certainly takes a while to get to build up and it's the the sense of uh do you have the resilience to go this is going to be shit for a while but there is there is a very clearly defined process about conscious incompetence, um, conscious competence, uh, unconscious competence. The, the 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 curve that you move through, through, where you have to try really hard when you start and it sucks, and then you try really hard and it's okay, and then you don't try at all and it's perfect because you've you just described my love making, but I've, I'm yet to make it to that third stage. <laughs> Well, see, it's, uh, Barely the into thing. the second stage. <laughs> my, other, like, my other bit of advice is always keep the first miniature you painted as you painted it because you don't always notice the progression you make. I stripped and repainted mine. I hated oh. it. Yeah, I oh. wish I still had I, one because I, I I've stripped have, and repainted yeah. I still have the times. very first fantasy Warhammer Fantasy Black Orc that I painted with El Cheapo Craft Paints. Yeah, Brian. 
Brian's got his. He's got his. He showed me his first Space Marine that he painted yep. with like yeah hob like. And you you put yeah. that next to what you're painting at now, and, and you go, oh my painting's still. Uh. Then you put your first model uh, side by side with your latest model, and you look at it yeah. and you go, holy crap, I have come a long way. Yeah, it, uh, you do. It's you like, get better. It's like the old weight loss. You take the photo at the start, yep. and then ten weeks into your program of hitting the gym, yep. you take another photo because you don't notice the progression over time. You really don't. Um, and then you look at your two photos and go, holy crap, I've come a long way. Yeah, it's it's good to be that way. All right, so Lockie, doing French, feeling good. Yeah, mate, just, just um, kind of uh, experimenting a bit like with yep. the different highlights and stuff. I wasn't quite happy, so I've put an extra layer of highlights on. It's a bit better. I'm trying to work out the bases. Um, now, you're, you're actually going for the highlights thing. You're not actually good at because you painted the Russians in that two-tone mm. and then you kind of did the Aussies in the same way. Well, it's all ex- it's all extreme highlights. It's, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, it's it's contrasting. I like your stuff. I honestly mm. do. Like you, it, I like the way that your stuff jumps out. Mm. Um, is I, it the, I like bright it, colors. <laughs> yeah, is it is it the best paint I've ever seen? No, but I like what you do. Like you have a very you have a very but it seems to me the French that you're doing are very different to the other two armies that you've done. Is that correct? Well, it's kind of a similar style as the um, as the Australians, but just like very like very different colors. Okay, but it's still still you know like your your base wash, then highlight, like build up sure. the highlights from there. Okay, um, but I've never so I'm painting like um, they're kind of yellow um, uniforms and stuff out in the desert. I've never really painted yellow before, so that's been so cool. starting so. desert sand, going Iraqi sand, and then bone white is your three levels of highlights. Yeah, I think there's one more so tan yellow or something. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I think there's, if you're so there's following three patches, yellows yeah. and then, if you're then a, bone, a bone white or whatever. If you're following patches height, yeah, that's generally the way that he'll build up um, a desert army is those, yeah. three, those three or four colors. Well, that's the thing. And I, I didn't put the bone white on. Then I was like, oh, I'm not quite happy. I'll try the bone white. And it, made, it does make a big His, difference. I, I follow patches... Uh, tutorial for painting us airborne and that's the us airborne that i won the painting award for at grief and in that award in that uh not in that award in that uh tutorial he actually recommends that you do a final level of bone white and i chickened out of it i couldn't do it i was kind of looking at it thinking it's just too white i kind of you like don't where th- they are. yeah you don't think until you do it you don't think it needs it and then you until you, you do see it, it in a, like, in holy a crap, yeah, room with shitty no natural light yeah, true. Uh, what a difference that that makes in a in a room with very poor lighting, like where we were um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, how much that really I'm not artificially doing it. forced. Yeah, there's no fucking way I'm going to go back and put more paint on my airborne. I'm done with my airborne. Do it. Like, no, no way, no way. I'm. No, no. You've got to varnish it again. Yeah. you've got to varnish on top of that again. And I'm not varnishing not them. I haven't varnished them either. I'm oh, not really? Going. No, I'm, no well, well, they, you did. You, you went back and painted eyes on everything. I did, but that was because I really wanted to win Best Painted, and yeah, yeah. Um, that just never ended up happening because fucking Spotty Boy over here fucking yeah. did me out of a did me out Spotty of a. <laughs> um, that was a great competition at the end, though. Well, watching the two of us fight it out, oh, yeah, yeah. we should just play each other, <laughs> just pull them out and just start playing at each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no. All right, so JL. Well, okay, hobby time. Um, in a really sort of intermediate point at the moment, um, I've been assembling a lot of plastic models um so i did the whole box of uh winter germans yep uh which i did largely as uh volksgrenadiers with assault rifles so they'll plug right into the rest of my great coat early war dudes so essentially it means you've got a enormous horde of uh plebs with assault rifles running at you uh assembled a lot of um soviet plastics for my sins Jeez, what a 
ordeal that was. Yeah, that is the that. worst box to um to put together, isn't Jeez. it? Okay, the the winter Germans took me I maybe to three it. hours from start to finish to do the do the whole lot and then you know get them ready to base coat. Two days to do three sprues of the plastic ration. Uh, thirty bros or whatever. Yeah, about thirty bros. Yeah. Um, it's because like none of the arms line up properly and you've got to like yeah. search the sprues like and um normally you don't need instructions to build infantry, but God mm-hmm. you need yeah, them. These yeah, these ones I had that uh, I had oh, that up infantry. here on the screens. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've ended up putting like, you know, you, you have to match the oh the great coat body with the great coat arm and then the quilted uniform mm-hmm. with the quilted arm and it's yeah. like And then there's particular each, each ones that go with the, particular weapons yeah. and then yeah. some of them just don't fit with some torsos because the pose looks and then all the fucking like all all the hands that have got like flash yeah. on them that you got to cl- like you yeah. I mean a clean flash off of a plastic. Model, I haven't like, even got started on that, but um, right. just just wait for the, all the rifles to start breaking. Yeah. Um, Don't I have, start however, me. Uh, so I primed and uh, base coated all of those winter Germans with the airbrush. Um, I got the thirty odd, uh, forty actually between the Eureka Soviets and the Warlord uh, Soviet Naval Infantry all primed and done their, their base coat work with the airbrush and that just for single colour uniforms I'm you up. can rip through that so quick with it I'll give you the hot tip uh, The have you got great coat guys for you Russians? no oh you don't no great coats at all? no no it's summer oh wow okay yeah. no worries summer bros um, yeah I think Robin bought like two, I bought Robin's Soviet army and I've been painting those guys I'll get that in a minute but um, beyond that I'm just feeling a little bit stuck actually um, I'm trying to get all the um, stuff off my desk from when I stripped and repainted my um, uh, SS infantry, uh, and it's just taking a while to get get that all done. Um, oh, dude, it's it's a it's a mind numbing task. Cleaning yeah, up cleaning yeah. up projects, especially when you've already when in your head you're thinking, all right, I finished that, I've got that to that event, that's it, and then you come home and you're still looking at twenty models. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, there, there's thirty yeah. of them sitting up there, but um, this weekend I got them. Uh, I think one more weekend and that'll that'll be done. Polish um, them off. Just get it. I I just really want it done and off my desk so I can move on to working on, on another project. On on a, on a commission. Well, ironically, which is more spotty, bros. Yeah. But so I now I, I think a, I can rip them out pretty quick. Well, this is it. I mean, uh, after you took um, best painted uh, away at Badgicon, well deserved, well done. You're a prick. Um, yeah, I. I had a commission sitting there from a lovely bloke called Ron, who's a friend of Dennis Danatazzi. And I've been kind of looking at this commission for a while and I just, I sort of thought, I was pretty confident and then I thought to myself, no, nah, this is, you don't want to go and try and paint a new uniform scheme for a guy, for a commission. Because if I fuck this up, then you, you're fucking around a guy and you're just wasting time. And I thought, I'm just going to, like, you were looking for a bit of commission work. I needed to get some stuff off my desk and I'm like, you know, I'm going to handball that one to you. Yeah, so um, really the, th- the thing is I, I want to stick back to my, my what I thought was good advice about do it one squat at a time. Um, it's a bit like the old joke about eating an elephant. How do you eat an elephant? A little bit at a time. Yeah. Um, having all this stuff kind of lined up and ready to go, but there's lots of them. It yeah. gets a bit daunting and uh, um, I push myself a little bit too hard. Uh, I, I have some... Uh, neck issues, which is a thing from painting for a long time and uh, typing you gotta all day. You've got to take it easy. you got to take it easy. Typing all day. Um, it's come back, but it's on the other side of the neck from where it used to be. So I've been... I, f- I find it... Mine's normally a pinched nerve, and mm-hmm. I find I get the uh, tiger bar out. 
the Orange Tiger Bomb, Nurofen and Panadol? Uh, I think really, I mean, uh, there was a long time I had to go to the physio for this quite quite regularly. Um, all that headbanging you'd be doing. That was part of it, actually. Yeah, it was. Oh, um, no, it's not a joke. No, it, it was. It was poor uh, bass guitar technique. Yeah. Um, so pushing yourself to play faster than you actually can, and with poor technique, um, and a very heavy guitar hanging around your neck, um, certainly didn't help. But. Uh, um, I think when I get back into it, I'm going to work on one squat at a time and set my phone to give me an alarm every 20 minutes. And when that alarm rings, you do your stretches. Oh, that would annoy the shit out of me. I would just be furious every time I went off. Like, I oh, just shut the phone. Wash my fucking brush out. Yeah, but yeah. if if you know what it's like, you you stand up and you're like Quasimodo. Yeah, no, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I've had that a couple of times. I didn't I didn't tell you guys this actually. When I was painting, when I was redoing my Airborne, I was actually pushing to get it done because I was really excited. It was one night, I was sort of sitting there, Nikki had gone to bed, I think Lex was like fast asleep in his room. And I was like there at my hobby desk painting away and I was like all cramped up and shit. And I was actually so tired, I actually fell asleep while I was painting a model. <laughs> to the, to the You're po- dribbling everywhere. No, no, to, to the point where I, I, I think I had a couple of different colors going. And all of a sudden I came to him, I'm like, hang on a minute. And I painted a guy's face completely blue. <laughs> I was like, I but they would up. never take his freedom. Yeah, I looked up and I'm like... Okay, it's time to go to bed. It's time to go to bed. We're going to put that down and go to bed. Yeah, it's funny. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll, I'll quickly hit it. So um, post, yeah. Funny thing was I did op bear. Um, I wasn't feeling well on the day and then I got home and noticed I had a rash. And uh, yeah, the next day I went to the doctor's tent. I got shingles. Uh, that was fun. And then I had a whole week off work. And in that time, I was able to use my, I use my time effectively since Op Bear, which I think is like a week and a half ago. I've painted 56 Russians, two dogs. I've got 28 guys to go and I've half painted three vehicles. So it's an ISU-122 and two trucks. So most of my Hoff list is done. Pretty good effort, man. I'm pretty happy. Half, like. I'm pretty happy. I've got to be honest. Um the advice that you gave me a while ago where you were like just batch paint instead of painting the whole army which is what i used to do i'm just batch painting it so i'm just literally focusing on one squad at a time uh, i started on an lmg squad i've got two of those guys done um they're two like eight man squads and then by the time i'd sort of gotten through to doing i uh, sorry i did assault engineers first because they're fun to paint they're metal models and they're really lots of lines lots of detail and they look fucking awesome they're cool models yeah or rubes you just put some up and they look fantastic yeah did one as a test model up the one carrying the mine yeah that's the, yeah the models yeah I, they're I'm so good they're so ca- to get my teeth the guy carrying a couple of pans of fouls yeah. yeah they look in great the LMG pose, he's kind of hunched over like he's really leaning yeah. into firing it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. full of character oh, i love them they're, they're 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 the way that i think every model should look because they are just fucking characterful paint it really well they're lots of fun uh the one thing i did like is it's robin's old soviet army he actually had like the soviet hq I've had a lot of fun painting blue pants and blue hats and uh, painting medals on people's chests. And they're seriously just so much fun. And you've got all these great metal models from Warlord and Eureka and then you have to paint all this fucking plastic bullshit. And it's, uh, the, things I, the thing I don't like about plastic, I can handle putting them together. It's a chore. Don't get me wrong. I don't love it, but I can handle it. But the thing is you have to put so much fucking work into them to get them to look even halfway decent. It's just soul crushing. It really is. And just even like the little burrs where it attached to the screw and they end yeah, up on yeah. really odd places and you look at it and go, oh yeah. shit, oh, I missed a mold lane here. And, uh. Oh, it's, it's it. well, the funny thing, 
I painted a heap of Robin's Russians, and I've got a heap of the old painted ones left over. And at some stage, I put up a couple of photos on the um, on the Bacon Burgers page. I'll like show you. This is how I used to paint Russians, and this is how I'm painting them now. But I'm pretty happy with how they're looking. Uh, they'll be ready for Hoff, and uh, yeah, we'll be killing it. So, yeah, everyone's got Russians. The other thing I've uh, done hobby wise is um, uh, start working on those half tracks. That uh yeah, well, um, it was you 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 got yourself a couple of half tracks. Uh, Lockie, you 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 got yourself a panther. I did. Uh, I, I got two panthers actually. So you got double panther. I actually, was I actually got one from um, from Rubicon, and then yep. I picked um, a warlord up uh, one up. On um, at Operation Bear comparison so got, piece. So I've got two. Yeah, so nice I don't one. know. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I'll, pr- I'll try and trade it out. But I I was kind of talking to someone, and then I got up to the table, and that was lo- the last thing left. I'm like, oh damn, damn uh, it, dude! <laughs> I, I got I got pulled up there pretty pretty early on. So I had good, but there was a we had a, who? How old was the young bloke we had at the event? Eleven. Eleven, I think. Yeah, yeah. he was eleven, and I thought to myself, I'm like, jeez, he won't get chosen to quite late. And you know, you don't know that he might get chosen next, but. I'm like, shit, there's still a heap of good shit up here. I just turned and said, what What are you collecting? He's like, oh, Germans. I'm like, oh, there's a box of Germans. I don't need any more models. I just do not need... Like, look, don't be wrong. The price pool was fucking off its tits. It looked great. But I looked at it all. I'm like, I have no time. Yeah, I, I've already got so the, much stuff. the first time I really looked at this and went, I don't have that greed about yeah. collectorism. You don't. I've, I've got so I'm much exactly shit unpainted right. that I need to get through Lucky, you've seen my fucking hobby cave. You know how much shit I've got in there and it's only gotten worse. Yeah, it's not quite as bad as what you describe Aaron Cattles is, but it's... Aaron Cattles <laughs> on another level. He is but fucking insane. But you have a lot the, of shit yeah. in there. <laughs> Cattle Canyon is what we're going to call that. But you're, pump, up, roll but you're them pumping, out. you're pumping them out, so yeah, it's all fine. But now look, so I've got two panthers sitting there. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I might have so to I, start I picked building up a, a German w- army. <laughs> I picked yeah. up what would be my fifth pan- panther. Oh wow, the pan the panther zug. Do you another? One? No, <laughs> not really. No. <laughs> not a panther company. They did there that. There you right. go. That's that's a thing. I'm actually one panther off a full company. I'm pretty or pretty sure I've got. I've, I've only got one. I feel like I've I'm got, left out. I've got about eight or nine of them sitting at home. Fuck I've got me. a couple more on sprue. Hari by by chance is supplied with most of my panthers. He goes, oh. Hey, you and I bought Hari's shit, didn't we? Yeah, I, I bought, bought the, the vehicles. And you yeah, bought vehicles. that's right. But I've bought a few other bundles off him where he's cleared out some of his old stuff and he's gone... I love it when Hari buys stuff because I'm like, I'll be buying that off him in, the, in six months' time when he gets bored of it. <laughs> it seems like... It's like like the pikeys in uh, Snatch. Yeah. Every deal comes with a panther. You like he dogs. likes dogs. You like dogs. You like panthers. Yeah, I like panthers. I like Sherman's more. <laughs> yeah. So I actually drove him up to, up to BadgerCon and we stopped yep. at my place because... Of all things, I forgot dice. Yeah. So I had to stop and pick up dice. And uh, we walked in and he's walked up to the shelf and gone, oh, hello, my old friends. And <laughs> there's a wall of panthers that I've gotten from him over the, over awesome. the couple, last couple of years. So. It's fantastic. You know, one day we really need to figure out like a giant armor, like a 6v6 armor oh, massive I can, I can finally that. field like, all of my 148 German armor at you. It yeah. would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. All right, boys, I think we're going to hit a break. Um, when we come back, we're going to hear from roving Lockie uh, on the ground, uh, Al Jazeera style at Operation Bear, talking to the players, mixing it up. I think you even you you got a word in with Big Papa Stewart, didn't you? I did. I spoke to Mr. Chris Peck. I spoke to uh, the winner of the event, Mr. Lee Avery, um, Mr. Lee, as well. Yeah. Um, couple you of, couple of other boys. Byron, but let's not let's let's not let, no more teasers. Let's, the the listeners the listeners will hear. They'll find out. So after roving Lockie, we'll come back. We'll have a chat about Op Bear, and then I think we'll have a chat about uh, Hoff because that's the next one coming up. And depending on the time, we might have a bit more of a chat about something else. But we might just knock on the head. I just don't know. 
Uh, all I know is right now I had KFC for lunch and I'm about to pay for it. So we'll be back after these messages. Knights of Dice is a Melbourne-based company specialising in laser-cut MDF scenery, custom foam inserts for transport cases, custom gaming tokens, and much, much more. For bolt-action players, the Letters Home range offers amazing quality and be combined with their more basic shells from the Tabula Rasa range to build a spectacular table for a very reasonable outlay. Available from retailers around Australia or direct from their website at www.knightsofdice.com or make a time to visit their amazing studio in Melbourne and have a chat with Viv and the lads. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at uh, Op Bear. It's it's warm. It's very warm in here. How you doing? You all right? It's good. It's good. Um, it's cozy. Cozy. It is cozy. I'm wearing I'm wearing the flannelette. I, I think I got, I'm I'm rocking my inner trucker today. That's, you should probably take the flannel off because uh, it's it's pretty hot. Because no, I got a, I got a, I'm wearing a t-shirt with a giant erect phallus on it. Yeah, it's probably inappropriate. There is a child here, isn't there? Somewhere. How you going, Roots? Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Did you get a win? Nah, major loss. Did you? <laughs> What happened? What are you? What, what are you running? Uh, Nineteen thirty-nine Germans. Yeah. Shitty Germans. Yeah. Might as well run the Hungarians. Yeah, right. Yeah, nice. And what did, would you play? Uh, played against Canadians. And oh, you, oh, you played on Martin Platz, didn't you? And I played uh, Byron's uh, Special Services uh, Force. Yeah. So, with uh, an incredibly accurate uh, mortar. Oh, nice work. And first round hits. <laughs> I know, I know what the feeling's like. Yeah, so you, so you got a major loss. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time, though. That's what it all counts. Throwing dice, having a good time. So. Mate, you are just awful. No, no, all good, mate. No, no, no. I have had at a tournament was against uh, Hari Turner's Seek, so a shout-out to Hari out there. Uh, Is that the only win you've ever had? had tournament, yep. It was against Hari, so a uh, big shout-out. And uh, I think uh, at the Hof we're going to be trying to grudge as well. So. Oh, really? These Germans. So. Yes, yes. Lovely. Um, so we're just watching uh, Mr. JL and, and Lee Avery have their game. It looks pretty close at the moment. Do you know what's going on? Uh, yeah, so uh, JL's uh, triple two just um, decided to get the heck out of Dodge. Uh, being on a road has now retreated right back to the baseline and is no longer contesting a centre objective. So that's as much as I've picked up so far. There is a lot of pins on the, on Jail's vehicles, but his his 88 is looking is sitting there looking very lovely. It's the most meta fucking model I've ever seen in my entire life. So he's so he's wrapped all these um all these bros, all his crew around this massive base. So we so I'm not sure it's actually legal, but well, I mean, there's nothing in the rules that says you can't do that. But I've been flaming the shit out of him for a while about it. Well, what do you have to say, Jail, about your 88? Uh, I can neither confirm or deny any allegations uh, made we'll of cheesiness. We'll put a, yeah, that's, that's what, what, did, what did you think, uh, Lee, against, about this 88? It didn't really do much. Well, what, what do you think about the, the base and all the, all the bros on it? It's legal. All right, well, so that's good enough for you? Yeah?
And so we're here with the infamous Chris Peck, and he is running Marines again, isn't that right? Yes, that's right. I'm running Marines again. Sorry about that. So you have been running Marines for quite a while, haven't you? Ever since I started bolt action two or three years ago. Yeah. Actually, no, I used to run um, normal Americans with tough fighters, and I got so much grief for running them that I switched to Marines, and now I get grief for running Marines. I mean, that was pretty dirty, but you are working on some other stuff, aren't you? I'm, yeah, I'm working on too many things. I have an entire wall of bolt action, which is Russians and Germans. Yeah. Lovely. So what are you running today like, in the Marines? Uh, my Marines, this time I've got three squads um, armed to the teeth, as usual. Um, but this time I've gone for one squad with shotguns and machine guns to really get in there and tear them a new one. What do shotguns actually do? 18-inch uh, range, they're assault weapons. So they're like submachine guns, except they've got a little bit more range, but they only shoot once normally. In so they're like a, a rifle with assault rules. Almost an assault, almost an assault rifle. It's almost an assault rifle, yes, but it's an assault rifle that isn't as good as an assault rifle. Yes. That's what it is. Gotcha. And basically, I, I took on his tank riders who were wearing body armor and got mauled. Oh, that that would happen um, because small arms fire isn't very good against those. It was an assault, so in the assault he he tore me a new one. And because I'm nice, I didn't run my multi-gun Stuarts. I ran a Chaffee, which is totally un-Marine Corps, and I run an M3A3. So I didn't even take a flamethrowing tank. Not one flamethrower. I'm a good boy. Wait, so you didn't take any Stuarts today? I took an M3A3, which is like a it's like a, a, a rubbish Stuart. It has recce, but it has one machine gun on the hull. One coax, it's pretty fluffy. Well, how did it go in this game? It was actually really good. Oh, well, there you go. Well, there you go, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it charged Banzai like my, mara my Marines always do. So, so you're playing Soviets. What do, what do they have in his list? Uh, oh, it was awful. He had a T-34, which also had a flamethrower attached to it, which is terrifying. It was covered in tank riders, which are also terrifying. And he had a KV-2 howitzer tank. Really? So they're the, they're the, yeah, yep, cool. As, as a consequence, he had two units of Strathbat uselessness um, and a unit of inexperience. So he only had one real infantry squad. Yeah, right. So I just tore into the inexperienced ones and tried to ignore the terrifying ones. Of course. It was, it was an objective mission, wasn't it? It was um, so five, five objectives. Yes. Um, luckily, uh, I held the main objective because the final turn, the heavy howitzer hit the unit that I had on the objective, but they were down. So they survived it, but ended up with eight pins on them. And being veterans, they just wore that. Yeah, that's pretty good. So you got the win in the end. Minor or major? Major victory. Major victory. Well done, sir. Well, uh, good luck in your final round. And we'll, uh, so in the next two rounds. And... Uh, have a good one. Lovely. Thank you. We're here with John, who um, was the best player at Operation Grief. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah? Um, had, we just had our first game. That's right, yep. Uh, I went up against... Uh, Sorry, who are you playing? What, what, what's your list? What were you playing? Oh, so my list, yep. So I've got my Communist Chinese here, which is my current first and only list. Um, and uh, I was up against uh, some Soviets. Um, yeah, in the, uh, I don't know what it's called, Limited Resources, Brad's new... Uh, yeah, well, so it was the one with the, um, the five objectives. It's kind of a, like deployment was like an L-shape kind of thing, wasn't it? So were you the attacker or the defender? So I was the attacker, although he actually set up his defense in a pretty limited uh, area, which allowed me to spread out a bit as well. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really interesting scenario because it, it turned into a really... There was sort of two, almost three separate fights going on at any given point. Yeah. 
what, what's in your Chinese list? It's, it's really cool. I love seeing um, the, the kind of minor nations out and about. Yeah, uh, minor nation in China. Uh, minor nation <laughs> in bold action terms. Yeah, minor nation bold action terms. And also in, in uh, Western historic record. But uh, Correct. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so um, it's a... It's a, pretty much an all-regular list, uh, bar that you get your um, free 14-man uh, uh, infantry, um, inexperienced, and then I've just got three 11-man squads with a, uh, LMGs. I've actually brought... So this is an exceptionally uh, unhistoric list in that I've got two captured Japanese tanks, uh, a Hago and a Chiha, um, which I purchased on discount, so I thought I had to bring <laughs> along to this. And I've got a 10-man um, cavalry squad, because I wanted to give the horses a go. And, uh, cavalry, that's a massive unit of cavalry. How did that go in that game? So, it almost won me the game after doing absolutely nothing, and then it didn't win me the game. So, uh, I made a final push to contest a, an objective right in the last turn, uh, and ran them right up to an objective where they were summer, uh, summarily executed by an almost full-strength squad of uh, Soviets who were trying to uh, guard that. Uh, and I rolled a... Um, I got an 8 when I needed it. No, I got a 9 when I needed an 8 for my, rally, uh, for my morale check, and they uh, broke. And oh, so, so they shot you with SMGs, and you've... No, what? Yeah, so I had... I think I was down to two models left, and I made a morale check, uh, and I... Um, I, so I'm thinking, you, I'm thinking you've got 10 men. I'm like, oh, what happened to them? But they must have got shot up, right? Well, so they got shot. So it was an interesting thing. So I sort of played them, because they got the recce rule. So I used them to basically waste shots. So I'd push them out, and then they'd get shot at, and they'd recce, you know, they, they'd just constantly recce from place to place, uh, wasting the opponent's units, you know. So they never really did anything in their own right, but they just constantly wasted fire. So they'd run behind something, there'd be no shots on them or, you know, whatever, they'd be very hard shots um, and they just soaked up a lot of fire that way. Um, but as I said, they almost they almost had that final contested uh, objective but didn't quite make it in the end. Well, I think that's the, the certainly the value of cavalry. Like, not only are they quite tough in combat, but they've got a lot of tactical value to jump on objectives, to, to, to soak up some fire. Do you think 10 is the right amount? Or would you, do you th like, I, I would have thought you'd want to maybe drop it down to seven or eight men. Look, I'm still pretty new at this, and I'm still going with pretty big squads. I know there's a lot of, you know... It's very Chinese. Yeah, that's right. Look, I try to take full squads where I can, and, and my, my regular squads at the moment are down to 11 from 14 because I just couldn't get... It was either take two big squads of 14 or uh, three of 11. I went for the 11 because I thought I needed the, um, you know, the extra flexibility. But I... I just really like having those great big squads, especially, you know, cavalry being a, an assault unit, you know, having tough fighters. Figured if I could, you know, flank around. And with the Sparrow Tactics, I've got an extra nine-inch move at the start, so I can get them into charge range in the first turn if I can find something good to charge at. So that's kind of why I want to have a big, chunky squad. Absolutely. I mean, it's very scary. And if the opponent doesn't deal with it, then then, then they're in trouble, that's for sure, which is certainly some value. All right, so I think we're about to go into the second game. So thanks, John. Thank you very much. See you later. May your hammer be mighty. It's the end of game two, and I am well and truly cooked. Um, I just played Chris Marconis, uh, Chris running his lovely SS at me, 
Uh, it's a rematch from Moab the last time I went up where I gave Chris a bit of a spanking with my airborne. Uh, this time, though, I was able to pull out a dead draw. Um, and it came down to one dice roll right at the end of the game where I had a squad with one fucking pin and they failed their leadership check and um, they basically stayed put. If I'd been able to roll that dice and get them on, uh, I would have then been able to get them onto the objective and that would be fantastic. But Lockie, how did you go? Well, we're just here with, sorry, we're just here with um, Dave Munro. How, how you going, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. So we just played two games of Operation Bear. Um, what, do, what, do you, what are you running today? I've got uh, some here, German army based around mid-war Italians, just after um, the breakout at Anzio. Oh, really? Nice. So what do you, what do you got in it? Uh, tiger, a whirlwind. Oh, Tiger, how's that been going? How's that been going? There's been a lot of talk, mainly by us, about, about how, how fun Tigers are. I, I did hear your last episode, and, and on the back of that I went... Fuck it, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you took one, and ha has it gone so far? Um, look, it's worked okay. I keep forgetting about Tiger, tiger Fear. Um, but apart from that, it's nice, because it's got such long range. You can shoot at the back and kind of shoot, and it survived both games. Which it does, yeah. Which um, is unusual. What, what are you sitting on? Uh, one win, one loss. Yeah. Uh, so it's all right. I'm both narrow. Um, minor victory, minor loss. So, no, I'm having a good time. How are you finding the objectives? So we've just played the, the two different objectives uh, Oh, sorry, the game, different scenarios that Brad's written. They've both, both got five objectives, don't they? They do. I, I think um, they're basically the same scenario, I think. That would be my feedback for Brad. The, okay, we'll arrive at a different setup. But once again, starts, you've got five objectives. You could outflank, maybe not. Eh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think the, the, the setup was very different. Um, but yeah, the, having five objectives. Um, once, once the shit hits the fan, the gameplays are pretty similar, right? I, I agreed. And I actually really like objective stuff because there's very few battles are truly about annihilation in World War II. It is about controlling territory and, and, and controlling resources. So Capturing key points and stuff like that, isn't it? So I, so I really like objectives, although throwing kill and attrition in as the last one just to balance it up so you don't get dice horde armies coming at you. Um, I really, um, really like that because, yeah, you, you're either going to be... It's hard to be good at both. or like, hard to be really good and really efficient at both um, attrition or objective games. Because um, either you've got lots of units or you've got lower units. Yeah, just that nudge to balance, the balanced force. And then everyone kind of brings something that's a little bit balanced. Says the guy who a tiger and a whirlwind, but mostly balanced. You know, I give up order dice on the back of that. <laughs> that's still cool. It's a, it's a cool f factor, that's for sure. Has there web, was it a whirlwind? And how's that going? Awesome. It, it's been the winning unit for me, throwing out eight light cannon auto shots. It seems pretty good. Um, particularly if people are a little bit lazy setting up their units. If you're careful with your dispersion on your infantry. But, um, but it's all shooting at the same unit, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You're not picking around. So it's really throwing out a lot of hits. It, its specialty is dealing with soft skins and light armour. And that's, it gets rid of those really easy... Thing, things that can't go down. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. And things with now a lot of armour, because you only got plus two pen, but suddenly you've got eight, eight AP hits at plus two. Soft skin, seven plus. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's, 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 it's cool. I, I like it. And it's, it's something that we don't see very much, which is, I think that's what Brad was trying to do with the format, right? And, and my argument for the list is actually um, it's built around, um, after the breakout with the Allies, um, the 
concentrated 508 Schwer Panzer Lung <laughs> the heavy panzer battalion was broken up and it was like one one tank here, one tank there. And so it was an anti-air asset, the Weber Wind, a heavy tank, some here and a Forsenjager. So it kind of represents the German units that were in the middle of Italy at that time as they were fleeing from Monte Cassino back to Gothic Line going north. So it's very themey, I like that. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. Good luck for your final game. Um, cheers. All right, we're here with Byron, who is using um, Canadians. How you going, mate? Yeah, not too bad. It's, it's Canada, by the way, too, so go Canada. I love Canada, man. I li actually lived there for a year. Oh, yeah, yeah in, in Vancouver and stuff. Um, beautiful country. I love it, yeah. It's, uh, the city is quite nice there, but there's nothing like your homeland, that's for sure. Of course. You get my back often? I went back last year for a couple of months. Uh, well, not a couple of months, a couple of weeks, but uh, every five years or so I try and get down. Awesome. So tell us about your force. Yeah, so I'm running uh, the Red Devils, which are uh, special forces made of the U.S. and Canadians that a joint team together. So I'm running the American rules, and uh, there's sort of a high recon, smash and grab. If you ever seen Inglorious Bastards, they're actually modeled off the Red Devils. Oh, I love that movie. That's cool. That's a good, I mean, Hollywood war movie, but... Yeah, it, Tarantino does what he does, but Brad Pitt even has a patch with the Red Devils on there, so that's the idea, generally. Awesome. And what's, so, like... What's your favorite units in the list? Like, does it, how does it stand out to the rest? Uh, well, my favorite unit right now has been the heavy mortar because I've been hitting every single round on that. So I've getting, every time it shoots, I hit a six. I've been taking off about three different units right now. So it's been killing me. Man, when, they, when those things hit, they just wipes out a unit, doesn't it? Yeah, with the three-inch template there, I, I, kind of, I feel a little bit bad on them almost. But yeah, it is what it is. It blows up. Nice. And so you've got one win and a loss, you are just saying. Yeah, I had uh, one major win, and the last one was a minor loss. It went right down to the very wire. Uh, we're just fighting over the last objective. I shot my entire army at his veterans in hardcover, managed to only get two pins off it, and it came down to him making his order test and moving it towards the three inches to claim it. So very last roll of the game. Nice, man. Well, it's good when it's, like, that close, isn't it? Like, how did you find the, uh, the, the missions, particularly that last one with such a weird, like, different setup, I guess, for, for bold action? Yeah, they're a bit different. Uh, they took your head, a little while to wrap your head around it, but once you kind of understand where the quarters are, I kind of enjoyed how open it was because you got to move up all the way to about halfway in the table, so things got in grill pretty fast. Like uh, round one, stuff was getting into salt range and dying. You can deploy really close if you want. Like You can deploy uh, the attacker up, you know, 36 inches up the board, right? Um, like from kind of long ways, and then the opponent can deploy 15 inches away from that, can't they? Yeah, that's right. And then you also get the reserves brought on from your long edge. So you could actually bring them on halfway through the table. I had a, a Hellcat came on and uh, mobilized one of his tanks. And then I had the recce roll for the rest of the time, which was basically the middle of the board, which is very handy. Yeah, it seemed to be um, a bit of a head fuck with the uh, reserves and the outflanks and where, where stuff can be brought on. Um, seems like there was a few mind games, particularly in my game, where you're like, oh, you don't know where the other person's coming on, but they can come from anywhere, really. Yeah, you set up on your objective and think you're pretty safe and then realize that they could come on at any time. So you really have to start doubling up on your objectives. And um, also the 15 inches, so you start deploying. You can only, sorry, you can only um, deploy 15 inches away from the enemy. So if you have deployed very aggressively, that pushed back of the defender quite a bit too. Yeah, nice. What, what table did you play on? Uh, table number 13, um, I think Muddy's table, was it? Yeah, no, wait, just one, this one here? Over there, it's all packed up now. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, I was going to rack your brain about it but that's cool um well thank you well uh, 
by the way, I love your uh, your army. It's beautiful. Um, oh, thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah. Because it was um, picked for one of the top ten armies, like for the best painted awards, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was very generously from Brad there, so I really appreciate that. There's a lot of uh, really well-painted armies there. It's, it's amazing to see the community here and the stuff they put together. Some of the display boards in particular are just mind-blowing. It really makes you want to be part of the community, doesn't it? Like, have that many people. All right, thanks, uh, Byron. Thanks for chatting, and we'll, uh, good luck for the last round. Yeah, thanks, man. Go Canada! And we're here after um, Operation Bear with Mr. Lee Avery, who has just won the entire event. How you going, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Pretty good win. Yeah, you must be feeling pretty good. Yeah, first time I've actually managed to pick up a first place. Had a podium a couple of times, but uh, all just came together today. That's pretty pretty good, mate. It's like, I mean, 30, 30 players and uh, oh, thereabouts 30 players, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we had 29 start in the end. There was a bye round happening. That's awesome. So I know you um, have spoken on another podcast um, about your list, but do you want to just quickly run it, run through it? Yeah, so it's basically a veteran British paratrooper list, Red Devils, uh, effectively LT, four squads of guys with a mix of LMGs, SMGs sort of mixed in, uh, medium mortar, the Polston with an extra barrel, so it's got the twins, uh, a Jeep with twin MMGs, the Sherman V75mm, and there was a Piat, because I like Piats. Then, um, I'm just trying to think. The other thing I had was a light artillery piece, because we we're allowed to take two options out of a single zero one selector for the event. Awesome. So, so I mean, like, a pretty, pretty solid list. All veteran, right? Uh, except for the forward artillery observer, British freebie. He's regular. Can he not be taken veteran? Like, I know you get him for free, but... No, yeah, the option only allows regular. Oh, and the Sherman was regular as well. Just points I just couldn't squeeze in at. Ooh. No, that's awesome, Matt. So you've got um, three major victories. I won't make you go through all your games, but like, what um, would you have the most problems with, you reckon? Definitely armour. Uh, I was only running Sherman V, so it's only a plus five, and the Piat. Piat's got to get so close to do anything. Uh, so generally found, and most opponents were running quite a few vehicles. I was only running sort of one soft skin and uh, the Sherman. So really struggled to deal with sort of multiple armoured vehicles over time. There was a lot of army, uh, sorry, a lot of armour um, throughout the day. So we've kind of been talking a little bit about ta um, tank creep, um, but that's for another time. Um, is there a particular like army that you played out of the three games that... Um, was you know as I, I know that you've just kind of beaten everyone in your path, but <laughs> anyone who gave you particular trouble, uh, they weren't all like I didn't steamroll through people. Like at the end of the day, um, most of them came down to the last turn and, and just a couple of dice rolls and uh, turning you know from a sort of minor victory to a major victory based on a, a roll or two. So um, quite hard fought fought Jail from the podcast first, and uh, he you know multiple armored vehicles, bit of a slog to get through. Uh, at the end of the day, he just managed to um, make some rolls. He just didn't make his rolls. I made mine in the last turn and just sort of managed to pull it out. So that was good. That's awesome. But main thing is you had fun, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Great thing to uh, sit there and get three games. I just like rolling dice and hanging out with people. Good to catch up with some mates every time we have these sort of events as well. That's right. See so all these beautiful armies on all these beautiful tables run by a beautiful man, beautiful, bold man. <laughs> Brad is giving me the finger right now. Um, look, I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks, Lee, for uh, quickly chatting with me. Um, congratulations, and we'll see you next time. No worries. Thanks, Lockie. Catch you later. Bye. All right, and we're back. Uh, we're just going to have a little bit of a chat now about Operation Bear and uh, 
what worked, what didn't, what lists we took, uh, what the takeaways from that are. So, um, what did you take, Lockie? Yeah, so I took my my Aussies. I took um quite a different list. Well, not it's not super different, but I mean like, um, I think we've discussed before. I had a, a few problems building a list for the Australians at um, eleven eleven points. Um, so I what the list I ended up with with was fifteen order dice, which um, I was kind of surprised. I didn't. I certainly wasn't going for a high order dice list, but it's just kind of what happened because the Australians don't have big tanks or um, that kind of thing that can really chew up a lot of points. So I guess... Um, I just and, and if you went... Uh, there was no selectors allowed either, so you couldn't take that extra mm. um, extra infantry slot and there was only one platoon allowed as well. So, you know, for, for your list, that certainly constrained your, your options a little bit, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it was tricky, but I got there. So um, it was basically three inches of bro... Uh, eight Jungle Division Bros, uh, Unit of Eight Commandos, um, you know, fro- my Frog, um, all that kind of standard stuff. But basically, what I've added is, um, well, I had my P out, I added an anti tank rifle, added my a bring carrier, added a three man scout unit, um, which I was using um, Papua New Guinea models as well. Um, uh, so the native Papuan models. Um, and yeah, so it kind of just rounded out to 15. Uh, dice with with the mortar, the howitzer, the sniper, you know, all that kind of stuff. What what did you double up on if you did did anything? <laughs> with I um I took uh, the P out and the anti tank rifle, which was um, <laughs> again oh. yeah like, uh, but the anti tank rifle. So I, I know people don't think they're very good, but I actually found got a lot of use out of it. Um, not not shooting stuff, but I mean it was running around in my brain carrier. It was um. It was useful for objectives. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm looking at um, listing for Soviets and thinking, yeah, three AT rifles for 90 points. That's a lot of extra dice. At where do you get dice? I mean, I used to run three. I, I don't. Th- I think three is a trap. I reckon one or two is a good, good, good way to go. But I mean, obviously, it depends what points value it is. Good as a bit of a sniper unit too. Like it's yeah. got the extra yeah, yeah. punch. You know, it's, it's good against veterans. That's yeah, sure. yeah, and it's it's punch up to thirty six inches, putting yeah. out pins to thirty six inches, um, holding back lines to give you some um, backup against outflanking tanks without needing your stuff to stay back and hold out there. They're good to sneak up on objectives as well, particularly. Um, so in our in the last mission was um, you have to had to get. Uh, units into the enemy deployment zone so they're good little units to just kind of sneak up um, and the enemy doesn't really think about like they have to deal with them if they want to stop you getting that point um, which is kind of cool um, so like my games we're not going to go game by game I don't think um, but I played against three three German players actually <laughs> which was um, which was a surprise and what what did you find they were taking as that um, secondary slot uh in, for those those of you that that don't know or didn't didn't look at this part of the um, tournament format of Operation Bear was that uh, you could only take one platoon, uh, no theater selector lists, but any one slot you could take an extra one as long as it wasn't a duplicate of the same unit. So you could take two tanks; they just can't be the same one. Yeah, look. Um, I don't know about the about games two and three. I'm not sure what they. T- I don't think they did take an extra one, but certainly game one, I played against a list with a Panzer IV and um, a Flammenhetzer. 
Yeah, okay, Flamhetzer. That's that's a which was pretty tasty nasty piece of work. Yeah. I mean, luckily, when I saw that list, I'm like, oh my god, what have you given me, Brad? Like, how have you let this in? But he said the guy said um, like Andrew Baxter, I think his name is. Um, and he's a nice guy. He said um, he's not not running pa- um, Tiger Fear on the Panzer Four um, because you, you know he said oh, yeah, only veterans or whatever. So I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Um, that makes the list a bit more reasonable. It was certainly a tough list. Um, but there was heaps of armor. Um, I found. I mean, I was yeah. Playing, playing I, I, I took. I took. Um, I, I went armor fest on on mine. Um, light armor though. Um, so I took a thirty eight T. Uh, late Panzer three, so the the Panzer three with the fifty millimeter gun, and I took a triple two, um, so the light armored car with the twenty eight mil, uh, sorry, the uh, twenty millimeter auto cannon. Um, I had the auto cannon on the thirty eight T, so um, light anti infantry fire, and I took the uh, Flak eighty eight. Yes, your infamous Flak 88. <laughs> how did that go? I think there was a little bit of discussion in Roving Locky. Yes, uh, yeah. How did, it, how did it go over the weekend? Um, it's a paper tiger, uh, no pun intended. Uh, look, what it, what it does well is that um, it shuts down potentially half of the board quite effectively. Um, you can't move it. You, you know, you need the big toe to shift it around. Um it's something of a sitting duck to uh, mortifier. Um, the only time I lost it all weekend was was to mortifier. Um, That's kind of what I was thinking when I was thinking, oh, how, how would I deal with an eighty-eight? Um, is you literally just put a fifty-point medium mortar, mm-hmm. you know, in line of sight. And if you could, if you want to, d- if like as an eighty-eight player, if you want to duel the uh, the mortar, the medium mortar with it, that's. That's fine for the mortar player, right? Like you, it's yeah. fifty points versus one hundred and sixty. Great point trade off if you're the mortar player and you can you can drop yeah. that lucky round in and yeah. You know, so the whole thing though back. was the sniper's first target is any indirect fire stuff that can target the 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 eighty eight. Um, so the sniper was pinging off as far as I could um, any spotters for indirect HE fire. Um, yeah. To the best of my ability to, to do it. Um, it's it's not an amazing unit. Second game, it 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 did pretty good. But uh, um, what kills did you get with it? I uh, got a couple of armored kills. A lot of infantry kills with it though, because it is a it's medium, medium howitzer. Um, and with a seven man crew, it takes a long time to kill it with sl- small arms fire. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, well, I mean, like you. you you chose a good event to, to run the 88 because there was that much armor. I, f- I figured I that would be it. That um, my, my policy at the moment, I, I've got a lot of gear in the cabinets there that I've won as tournament prizes or picked up from wherever that I haven't actually run because they're not triple A um, optimal choices necessarily. Uh, and I'm starting to try and shift my focus a little bit to taking things that I've never used before just just for shits and giggles yeah nice and i guess yeah i mean i i went up against um uh, nick Beatty with his tiger 2 and that's like one of those units like uh, that certainly aren't triple a but like they're it's a fucking awesome model like particularly the way he's done it up um and then in the last game i came up against a stug and a oh, is it a flam panzer wagon um ben llewellyn's fucking um hanno mag with two flame barrels on top i, I think he three is it no it, it was two um it, yeah 
Oh, I think it's the, he had a machine gun facing forward. I'm pretty sorry. I'm back, listeners. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Flam Panzer wagon has three flamethrowers, but you can only shoot one at a time. You can't get yeah. all three of them going. Anyway, yeah, no, he was certainly it's he was tasty. He's certainly fuck. only shooting one at a time. Um, fuck, that was scary though. It really is. Um, yeah, no, but you you pin it with small arms fire. That's true. Oh, yeah, open top. Open top. It's armor seven. If it comes in from out, that's what I tried, but it didn't work. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm facing like all this fucking armor with my light howitzer, my medium mortar. The frog actually killed um killed it, uh, Ben Stug, which was uh, pretty cool. Um, so my my light howitzer got a kill ring. Pardon. Your frog, frog, frog killing. Frog kill, yeah. Put that kill ring on that barrel, my friend. Well done. Yeah, well, so I had um, more dice than him. He had about 10 dice out of 15. So, which he, and there was a crossroad section um, in the middle, you know, one of those crossroads that go in the middle of the board. Um, and he was forced to bring his, his stug and um, the rest of his armor on at once. He also yep. had a Hannah Mag. It was a fucking ball list. Yeah, it really <laughs> like was. A real Hannah Mag. Um, uh, which allowed me to bring the frog on um, uh, 24 inches up the board, basically, yep. um, to stop, like, out of line of sight of the Stug, which forced the Stug to move to take a shot at me. He missed, and it um, gave me a flank shot against uh, with my howitzer, um, which meant that I could pen it, well, I could glance it, which meant I yep. could actually, you know, shoot it directly um, and drop two or three pins on it, and then... The, the frog she hits it with the flamethrower and it fails its terror check. Off so it how, goes. How, how did you go wow. across the across the day? You 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 won all your games. I, I, think? I did. I got uh, two minor wins uh, and then got a, a major win on that last last round. Missed out on third by a point. I did. I came fourth, which um, shattering, mate. Oh well, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a bit um, disappointing because like I think, I think because you, the thing is you don't know where everyone else is, so you're no. like, oh, well, yeah. it like, seemed very surely. close. Like, no, it well, was, it was third very close. third place was Chris Marconis, and Chris had done two major wins and a draw. And mm. I, I'm sorry, mate. If I just if I take a maybe a minor victory from him, I could have maybe. How got dare there. you? I know, right? Well, yeah, I, I, I knew I, I knew that was going to happen. So I was like, fuck. So I, I came out. Yeah, you have one job. One job. <laughs> I I came out with one one loss and two major wins, and I yeah. think I was quite quite further down. Yeah, that you guys did better than I did. I got a major. And you major. had that. So, sorry, you had that yeah. loss, Jail, against um against Lee, didn't you? Yeah, you yeah. Um, yeah. And that that was an interesting experience, um, because it's not the type of army that I tend to see too much, where it's all infantry, all veteran. Uh, except maybe those artillery pieces. Lee's been running that shit. And he just knows it. He, he does. just knows it so He's, well. What happened His in the game? I know we're not going to go game by game, but I am interested in that one because um, like well, a ma- major win is hard to get in these um, five objective point it, missions. It really came down to... We, we were playing for the draw in the last turn and it came down to a failed order check that... Um, a unit failed its order and fought, de- fell I, back I off the I saw this objective. game. This was the Desert Ball, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, it was that first game, which was the the L shaped deployment, which uh, that that did throw me a little bit about how to, it, how, to, how to figure out how to deploy for that, um, and it really played to his strength with with the veteran and stubborn that uh, he was able to take uh, hold three objectives out of the five in turn one, uh, and I really just had to push him off it. Um, the Tanks couldn't quite do it. Um, 
I held all mine and we were contesting the middle uh, and then my unit that was uh, contesting failed in order check and fell back. It's funny, isn't it? Like, uh, See, you were saying you were almost like he's held he hold three objectives at the start and you were a bit uh, you were a bit shirty about that because it was like, well, I'm already on the back foot. Well, I, I just didn't really understand the the implications of of uh, who who chose what yeah. to do what first yeah. and um, see that I I kind of I would pref- I I don't know if I prefer that but I I look I just look for the silver lining I would look at that and go well you've showed me what you're doing I can see what you've dealt your hand and I can kind of I can then react to that um, yeah I don't know man I what did everyone think of the missions by the way I really like them um, I think A different that, pardon. They're different. They are very different. Um, I mean, I like that. I mean, they, they both had five objectives. Like they're two yeah. two objective missions. They both had five um, points that you had to capture. But the this the deployment was very different. So yeah. one, the first one had that L shape, um, and there was some pushback involved and stuff like that. And then the second one was like a an old school Warhammer Fantasy battles um, battle for the pass. So you you yeah. split the two boards in half. Uh, sorry, the board in half, and then um, you got to deploy in in each side. But that I think that mission had some strange implica- implications with um, reserves and ambushing because we we had to really discuss hey how's this working we um and then there's also these mind games kind of things going on because ambush seemed really powerful but also um, reserves seemed really powerful because you could bring bring your reserves on deep in their deployment yeah you really like could on turn two right yeah um and then without flank. I played against Nick and um, we both tricked each other into... We brought um, our ambushes on our own sides to reinforce uh-huh. our, our own our own sides, which was kind of interesting. How did yep. you guys find that one? Yeah, I, I like the um, the L-shaped deployment. It was a whole whole new ball game, really, because, I mean, so used to being one side versus the other. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. you've got the flank to worry about as well. And yeah. I, I played on the... Um, the um, is it Nick's... Uh, board the one he's done that the beautiful oh, martin platts yeah martin platts beautiful board it is beautiful but so, it's tough to play yeah well this was interesting because i chose the side that had the trench works in the park yeah sure um but my l l uh, zone didn't actually encompass much in the way of buildings so mm. i could actually push right up to the edge of the buildings with with uh, my flank my shorter flank um who are you playing uh, i was playing byron's canadians on oh, of course, one. i remember yeah. that one yeah yeah it's um I don't know that L-shaped deployment. Yeah, being able to pretty much like start your army on your opponent's back back line. If you get the if you get the initial pull, you can basically have your back corner, your you know both the back corners, which is two, and then you can push right up to your opponent's back corner as well. But then you've got to be careful about ambushes. So well, I, yeah, I, you you might overextend yourself. I, I certainly did um, in my game. Like I've um, left my flank quite open. Um, and he kind of baited me. Andrew kind of baited me. He left a couple of units on his back side. So Andrew Baxter? Andrew Baxter, yeah. yeah sure. know, knowing that I'd outflank onto that. So I committed way too many forces on the left flank and then he just ran up the su- my right flank because he left it undefended. Yeah, the old tally-ho Carruthers and he gave you a seeing to. Yeah, sure. We didn't give you a seeing to, but he's, he's a good player. He's cagey. He knows what he's on about. Mate, yeah. he, he killed me on the dice count, but I just held the objectives. And that's, what, what was he running? He was running the Germans. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I, I think that will be a really cool mission once everybody gets their head around it a bit Hell more. Hell yes, yeah. Um, it was a tricky one to do as the first mission 
which when nobody has seen it before. I mean, no, it, it was it's released online a it's couple of days guy, before. I didn't have time the guy to read it. It's handy when the guy who's written the mission is standing right there and he explains it. Yeah, but, but it the, still the takes deployment, a lot of the to it. deployment thing in that I think is such a gribbly one because yeah, um, you could feasibly put one objective right in one corner, which yep. gives you the pushback of however long that is that seriously uh, shortens your deployment zone from that. And if you do the same on the other side, you've actually pushed your opponent back much further than uh, maybe was intended in that that mission. Yeah, it's... um, I, I don't know. I, I look back at the original V1 mission pack that Brad released. And don't get me wrong, Brad can write a fucking mission. Like, he is a boss at writing missions. Um, Rubes, did you ever have a chance to play Kitty Hawk Down? Uh, no, I haven't played that Kitty Hawk Down yet. It's a um, damn fine I've mission. I've read through the mission quite a few times. Um, I've got the pack downloaded as well. Uh, I might run that. I reckon I might run that. For the, the event that I'm going to run at the end of the year, the big one, I think I might run Kitty Hawk Down on one of the tables. But I like the dynamic aspect of Kitty Hawk because you, there's there's like an unknown quantity that's going to happen at some stage. Yeah, end of turn three. I think it's end of turn three. But... Yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking that maybe Brad was going to do something like that, where, where we would end up with like, you know, an objective grab, and then you'd also have something very, you know, like very thematic and very dynamic, like Kitty Hawk, and then you'd have a kill point mission. But um, yeah, look, at the end of the day, like I said, the guy can write a mission. He's, you know, changed the deployment to a point where it's made it interesting. I agree with you, JL. It's going to make it a lot better when we all know what's going on. So I think at some stage, play test. Um, I'm sorry, I cannot come to House um, League of Ancients this, this weekend. I'm. I'm. You put the call out. I'm so sorry. I can't. That that's fine. I've actually. I'm actually going to go play Age of Sigma. Lol. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah. Go, go, go play oh, um, okay. down at General Games. Oh, by the oh, way, sorry, good games. Sorry, guys. Just uh, during the break, uh, T Bone One Hero Quest. Hey, I got a yeah. Hero Quest. Yeah, boy. Yeah. We'll have to have a gaming night. Hell yeah! Absolutely. Got the four of us in. Proud soul. Bob proud. Um. So, so, so Tristan, how, what was your experiences of? You know, like generally, what did you, what were you seeing? At I, uh, I had three good games. I played, uh, so who I play? I played Richard Harris. Uh, that's not to be confused with the actor who played Dumbledore in the first two Harry Potter films. Um, uh, Rich threw a German list at me. I think I had a panther on my back line looking at me, but because I had partisans, I had hidden bombs, and he'd never played against partisans. And it kind of scared him off. He didn't want to come anywhere near me. Mistake. It really was. It wasn't up until turn six that he, the one on my back line, he basically parked a panther tank in front of it. And it was like, well, come at me, bro. And then in the, yeah, in the last turn, I was able to like kind of just move enough, you know, enough stuff onto, you know, some various objectives and hold some stuff. I pulled a major win. Second game, I played Chris Marconis to a dead draw. Uh, It came down to one dice roll. So that, that re-roll dice would have been nice. I failed an order check with one pin on a regular squad. If I made that order check, I would have done a I would have got my I would have got a squad moving, put them on the center objective, and I would have pulled a minor win. But so sorry, Lockie, it was not to be. Just play better, mate. Oh, uh, well, next time. And the last game, put I your played, socks up, mate. Yeah, I know. Let the t- cost let me a podium. Let the team. <laughs> Um, and last game I played uh, Greg Nickel, who ran a uh, German list against me. So it was a Stug and a Stu 42. So it was that classic combination. Um, 
Right, so we, we've we've seen a, a few instances of the the double up um, of people actually using that that extra slot there, and it seemed like the uh, German players were stacking that armor oh, slot. Oh, Chris Marconis, it was a Hetzer and a Stu forty two. Yep, man, there uh, was a lot of German players at this event. Hey, uh, yeah, it's there. Yeah. Th- it's a thing. It's a German thing. Um, yeah, I think there weren't many minor nations getting around. I think I had partisans. Pip had the Finns. Mm. Uh, no, that doesn't count. Okay, Aussies are not a minor nation. Australians it's are British, a minor nation, bro. Commonwealth, British in the Commonwealth. They're, but I, I think that... They, they that, have their, that we have our own book, man. That's true. That <laughs> format, that, that dual slot format, actually does really suit Germans quite well because you can have a um, medium tank and one of the support half tracks that are not very expensive but they take up your vehicle slot. What's a Puma worth? A uh, Puma's quite expensive, 160. Yeah, yeah so, but I mean what's a Stummel worth? Never taken a Stummel. See, Stummel's oh, 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 sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Stummel. Uh Stummel is about 130. See, the extra 30 points to get dual directional steering with a plus 6 gun and no, a No, no, the Stummel is the um Half track. Yeah, Stumble's a yeah. Hard, yeah, yeah, half, half, yeah, track. half track with a light howitzer. Yeah, but I'm it does have an eight-man transport because I've been that's looking at this. That's cheesy as fuck, by yeah, the way. No, because I've been looking mistake. at this uh, and uh, we'll, we'll go into this more, but I've been working on some variant kits for the um, different half tracks yeah. and working out that there's a lot of spare parts in there that... And I, I've stopped... I haven't taken Hannah Mags for forever. Not for a long, long time. Yeah, why would you? It's an expensive truck. Yeah, but... There would be some interesting stuff you could do as a recall and platoon. Oh, dude, if you want to run a whole, you have if, you, if you want to run a Hanamag list, variants awesome. on them. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. Um, how, how many points is a Hanamag? Hundred points. Hundred is it? It's about hundred mm. points. Because I was, I mean, like, the M3, I played like all, all yeah, Armor Seven open topped um, half track for any nation is about hundred points. It varies by about ten yeah, points. Just because I was, I was playing, um, I was playing my Bren carrier, which is seventy points. Yeah, um, you need. Uh, someone inside it obviously to, to fire the second LMG but yep. I found it really useful it actually won me the game against Ben um, in, the, in that yeah, last one and they're what six, they're about 60 something aren't they they're 60 plus and then you add an L, another LMG for 10 okay. for the, the pistol. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so it's, it's 8 point uh, you know it's 8 shots so the, there's, there's yeah, a German equivalent which only has the 5 man transport the Hanamags are a bit more expensive because they have a 10 man transport capacity 8 or, eight or 10 Ah, uh, it's ten. 10. Um, the Stommel has yeah. eight and has the light howitzer, the which is the, the completely the ahistorical. But it's yeah, it's a it's a typo. Hands down, it's the a best typo. best bang for buck Awkward. of the Hannah Max. Yeah, I um. But Rubes, yeah, you played um Germans and you had a couple of uh, funky tanks. Tell us about your list, mate. Yeah, so I went for a uh, 1939 uh, invasion of Poland list. Um, went for a one for one infantry platoon. Uh, including the supply wagon, uh, just was an extra order dice, and I wanted to get that horse-drawn card on the on the table for for something for once. Um, but yeah, I ran uh, a typical German player ran two tanks, a Panzer one and a mighty Panzer two. Um, so we're talking about this before the, the old the old Panzer one. Like you think, oh, you know, it's not a Panzer four. It doesn't have a big gun. Doesn't have tire fear, but. It's got two MMGs. It's like a Stuart. Hitler's, Hitler's, <laughs> Hitler's <German> <laughs> for 70 points. How did that go, mate? Mate, when you're throwing 12 dice at an infantry squad, that uh, certainly has an effect. Uh, look, I'll be honest, I got a, uh, what I get, uh, a minor loss and two major losses. So 
I did get a trophy for the day because um, I ran, uh, got the uh, BA Badass Award for running the ultra hard list. Ultra hard being ultra hard to win anything list. Um, the Panzer one, having said that, for 70 points, I reckon it's probably one of the best units points-wise in the game, given I can throw 12 dice into infantry there and then. Look, I think it, like it, it looks pretty tasty on paper, and I think the thing that balances it, it is a tank slot. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that is, yeah. it, it is it, right? Like you can't get your Panzer four, you can't no, get, your, no. get get a Stug or something like that. But you can, you can take a triple two as well and put two <laughs> two machine guns on that, and you run them together. No, you're just hosing them down, man. It, it, sorry, is the Panzer one slow? <laughs> Don't no. believe so. No, no. Yeah, right. Just because, yeah, I'm just thinking the the Renault, Ren- Renault, 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 the Renault. Um, uh, F seventeen or whatever is is um, yeah. it just reminds me of that it's, and it, that's a slow a, tank. It's that's a World War One tank though. It was yeah. a late World War One tank. Yeah, yeah. nineteen seventeen. It first rolled into mm. action, so it just doesn't have the on the boom. Western Front. Yeah, <laughs> modern mechanics like the the World War Two tanks do. But well, um, I mean, I, I sure. guess this sort of brings us around to our our next thing. Now that we're starting to talk about um, how different types of tanks stack up to each other and how lists from different periods of the war mm. go bring us into this lucky yeah for sure so um well tristan made us alert to um just one of the i think it was a facebook post on um something but it was basically a new player asking um is bold action balanced um now i have some st- strong opinions about this well not strong opinions but you know like strong thoughts um what do you think joe like well um I, I think your your comments uh, earlier about internal versus external balance are, are very important to sort of bring into into what we mean when we say balanced. Um, yeah, so I think um, I, I think that's that those are the two terms that you need to think of when you're thinking of balance. So um, internal balance, um, I, I mean, I would define that as balance in between, like within an army, within a book. So it's like different units compared to each other, how how viable are different options um, within a certain book. Um, then you go on to external balance, which is balance between armies, um, which I guess is um, like the different power levels of, of army books. Um, and that, that takes into account special rules, takes into account different options, points values, that kind of thing. And I, I think in, in bolt action, we almost have a third tier of that, which is um, you, you could be running um almost the same army but you if you try and balance veteran versus regular versus inexperienced and the the implications for how the game plays with that that's a that's another tier of um balance that we don't see in a, in a lot of equivalent games um you know that you you might have essentially the same unit but their ability to react to orders uh based on their morale and the differences there um and that's generally pretty balanced because they're the same, um, like they're the same point values across all books. So, like a veteran's going to be this, like with a rifle, is the same. A veteran cost is a veteran, a reg is a yeah. reg, and a yeah. The original, uh, the original poster was a guy called Clay Knuckles. Uh, the post reads: New player, would you guys say bolt action is fairly balanced? Any force has a chance against another, assuming balanced builds. So, I mean, balanced builds is like I mean that the key word there is balanced builds. Assuming. 
Yeah, but assuming, what is yeah. a balanced build? Well, no, look, it. I mean, I think when you're talking about bolt action, I think the game is generally balanced in um, externally. I don't think it's balanced internally, but that's because... Uh, so, when I say it's balanced externally, I think um, most books um, are pretty well balanced. So, if you if you say to your mate, hey, let's let's go, let's go hardcore, let's, let's play like my Australians against your Germans or whatever, let's go hardcore, um, we're, we're going to have a you know a good game right well, if we go oh we'll, we'll play you know a bit softer lists but you, you can you can bring that power level on across various books right i i think as, as a fairly veteran german player I, I have a bit of a take on this which is that um no there, there's not across the board things a lot of armies get a native built-in not, buff not all them. armies are created equal yeah you know, a free artillery observer. That's Tasty. a lot better than getting... Um, yeah, you get cool equipment, but you pay for it points by point yeah. and it just saps your, yeah, your dice also, count. Especially V1. I mean, V2 is not as bad, but... Hey, V1. I don't think you pay... You don't pay for Tiger Fear, do you? Yeah, on the pants on one model. <laughs> on one model. But, you know, there's a lot of other shit other than the Panzer IV. So there's, there's really obvious. I mean, you look at, uh, like, uh, Russian players getting the free squad. Um, what are their other rules? Reroll, uh, um, The checks. American uh, move and fire and maneuver oh, that's is so just... Powerful. That is so powerful compared to... Yeah, compared to Hitler's buzzsaw. Yeah. Wow. But I think, yeah, I, I, mean, I know if, there's if some... If MMG teams weren't so shit, yeah. um, Hitler's buzzsaw would be great. Would if be they so weren't bad. sniper yeah, bait, if yeah, that rule yeah. didn't exist then we would be playing a very different game. But, I mean, let me just... Sorry, Rubes, I'll let you jump in in a sec. I mean, if you want to talk about balanced lists, I mean, you look at Finland, and you turn around and look at Norway. Like, <laughs> it's a joke. It's a fucking joke. Like, I mean, I get it. Norway was not big in the war. At the end of the day, like, they kind of... the You know, the crowds rolled in. Norway kind of rolled over and said, you know, good show. You know, we'll put the tea on and we'll sit down. But I believe that, you know, as far as people writing army lists, if you're going to write a fucking army list, at least make it so it's mildly competitive with, you know, the other, you know, the other lists that are out there. Norway is a glaring example. Whereas on the other hand, you've got Finland where, I mean, I'm going to say it, the Finns are fucking great. They are seriously good. Their rules are amazing. Troops are good. I mean, for a player who hates inexperience, the Finns were perfect for me because I fucking loathe inexperience. But... Like I mean, you look at their rules, the you know the, the vehicle choices, the troop choices. Everything about the Finns is just fucking gravy. Everything about the Americans, gravy. Germans, it's it's gravy light, but it's still gravy. British gravy, partisans, fucking gravy. And yet you have these small outliers. Greece comes to mind. Um, I think that's acceptable to have those minor nations who aren't. Yeah, as but it doesn't good, make right? you want to play them. Like, well, I mean, but who you the pay- fuck is going to play a, Nor- a Norwegian list when mm. you know every single time my model's down, I'm going to get fucking curb stomps? Well, What's I, I my think- national rule? Oh, I get skis? Yeah. Right. I, I think, particularly with the Germans, they've put a lot of that design philosophy into the, the armored slots, and they are just. This, it's not an armored game. You know? Um, Look, I love that shit to bits. I've got an enormous glass cabinet full of panzers of every... I've got nearly every type in there, but that is not how you win games on the board um, by yeah. having cool tanks. See, just jumping back to Tristan's point on the minor nations, personally, I see a lot of those as a fluff inclusion to the game where a lot of the minor countries 
weren't able to give such a good showing, so to speak, during the war because of numbers, resources and stuff. But they're there for fluff purposes. Like, if you're going to play a bit of a campaign game, then Norway might be a great campaign where you can bring in your French, your British. Uh, so the French had Foreign Legion, yep. you had your BEF, and then you bring in the Nor- Norwegians as a bit of attack onto the force and you can play some great narrative gaming, not yeah. so much the yeah, tournament Yeah, I, I tend to agree. We, we've touched on this before that... Um, my my impression is that when the game was designed, they really didn't have in mind the kind of way that we play here in Melbourne, where we're playing regular balanced tournament exactly, play. Yeah. That they really thought this is a beer and pretzels game in the garage. Um, oh, hadn't it grown out of the cage since then? Yeah, but, but it, it but still I mean, has the relics of well, that. You look at the Norwegians. I mean, the Norwegians are a perfect example. Most of the army was evacuated before the crowds got in there in any sort of big numbers. They sat around in the UK. I mean, they had Norwegians landing on beaches at D-Day. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Like, where is that? I mean, you, you could... I mean, I, I brought it up once and somebody said, oh, we'll just run them as a British list and say they're Norwegians. I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that. If I want to run Norwegians, I'm going to fucking run Norwegians. Yeah, but I mean, just we, we can go to the same thing and then say, well, there were there were more Norwegians in the SS than there were in, in Britain, <laughs> yeah. but there are no rules that, that distinguish a... Belgian or a French or yeah. a um, Swedish volunteer um, brigade in in the SS to to anybody else. Yeah, um, and we're we're sort of you know we ha- we have high expectations from the the game designers. I think generally they do a great job, but there's a lot of shit to get through before they can really sit back and say. Well, now we, we, we think we, we've we got everything covered. Some, like some pretty half-baked campaign books. Well, see, that's, that, that's what I was going to say. I, I can see a lot of those extra special rules coming out in the campaign books. Um, you look at a lot of them, they have the unique theatre selectors based around particular forces, particular battles. Which is great until you go to an event where they say no theatre selectors. Well, and then you're like, well, but, brilliant. But that also comes down to the, um, the local scene too and how it's played. I mean, when you look at all those campaign books, I mean, that'd be great for a weekend event where we go, right, this is... This is, uh, you know, what we're going to do. I mean, the Hoffs are a good example of a, a so, uh, like a mini campaign weekend, where you pick a book or you pick. In this case, it's going to be a pair of pair of books essentially. And right, this is the theme for the weekend. Let's tailor forces and the the content that we're going to be playing around that particular theme. So I think that's where we're going to get those special rules for your minor nations, your special rules for those sort of unique units, um, and that's where you're going to see the the strength of of that coming out. So I think I'm looking at it from a different way. So I don't think mi- the minor nations necessarily have to be balanced. Um, to I, like, I think we should be looking at the game as a baseline from like in terms of power ba- uh, power levels as a baseline from the big four. Um, uh, you know, Britain, Germany, uh, the Americans, and the the Soviets. I mean, you can probably add Finland in there because they're they're probably um, on the the same. No, but in terms of power levels. Uh, I don't think Jap- Jap- um, Japan's up there. Um, they uh, probably should be. Fanatic, fanatic across pretty much the whole army is. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like maybe I haven't haven't played Jap- Japan enough. I like against Japan enough as to um, really we know still need their patch. power levels. Yeah, Your we Aussies do. Versus my, uh, we need. To, I want to play some camp- campaign games um, very soon. Yeah, we'll set that up. Um, but I think if you look at the game in terms of if you assess the game in terms of balance by the big four plus you know Finland but the, the big four as as a baseline I think the game is generally externally balanced oh look I I, I, I have to say really I disagree that um, the points penalty to um, 
field the the stuff that you need to to really be competitive with the german army it's always late war um it always comes from units that have a limited selection thing so the tanks and armored cars you're only taking one if you want to take another one you can't take an inexperienced lieutenant you're immediately paying extra points there um, it really does stack up and and push you towards taking a um, equipment heavy quite elite no and absolutely army. but i think that comes down to internal balance i don't think the german books internally balance at all but I think the German book externally compared to the other books are, is balanced. Does, is, is, am, am I making sense? Yeah. So, so I agree with JL. I mean, all the events this year, I've run early war lists and having run two early, somewhat early war German lists, I, I agree. Like at, um, at Bear, I had, my, my, I think the heaviest gun I had was a, a 37 mil AT, AT gun. I mean, Oh, unless yeah. I'm taking a mid to late war list, I'm not going to be able to mix it up with the big toys. Oh, for sure. And like no one's debating that, that an early war German army is is going to be able to, um, you know, yeah. But the way I see it is that the late war German army. the the early war stuff isn't as desirable in a competitive scene because you look at it and go look. Like I looked at the table like like Nick's pen, uh, target two. I looked at that and went, well, if I have to play him, I. Just, I'm just gonna have to ignore it because all I'm gonna be is tapping on the side, so that would put, kind of push me if I want to be super competitive to start looking towards a late war stuff mm. to push a, a heavier list and with the more expensive equipment. And, and, just so and, I can and by point of comparison, you could be running a 1940 BEF list. You still get all of the benefits of your national rules. In in that the equipment is secondary, for for that balance to work in the German list, it's all coming from equipment and because of the design uh, matrix of how the tanks and vehicles are put together um, you you pay a penalty for all of it um, it's it's better in version two um, the officer rules have and snap to it have changed that a little bit that it does give you more of a bonus but um, who, whoever used to really even think about that thing about um, what is it? Junior officer training. That rule. Oh, yeah, you shot my sergeant. Oh, yeah, okay. The next guy comes up. Um, it never really used to be a big thing at all. Snap to it does a bit more about getting, okay, you don't have as many guys, but you can move them more more easily. Yeah, well, having two snap to it's on the, on the second lieutenant seems really good. Yeah, well, I... Well, I yep. Personally, I thought that German first lieutenants would be the new squeeze, and you would just put them behind like a a mortar, a Nebelwerfer, and you know something else like a sniper. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, all you guys snap to, you pull that first dice, and it's just like a cannonade coming at you. Um, but yeah, it hasn't happened, so I'm yeah. And, but it, it's it's I I thought about that quite a lot, and I thought, well, it is sit- absolutely situational in. Um, a list where you have limited dice because, yeah, you, you if you're firing off three units at once and you've only got ten, you're then forced onto the back foot and reacting to whatever your opponent does for the whole rest of the turn. So it's powerful if you use it in a good spot, but um, you can trick yourself really easily oh, yeah, into yeah. just blowing all your dice and then... Having run a six-dice list and having snapped two, it's like... There goes half my army in one year. Yeah. <laughs> well, snap, snap two is very situational. Like I've run sec- uh, no, sorry, first lieutenants, and um, 
there'll be you know I, I won't use it half the games but the games that i use it like i need it you know like it makes a big difference but you s- certainly shouldn't plan your list around it or but i guess but germans get it for free so it's like it's one of those cool things right i mean i've, I've seen some players that'll uh, do like dual howitzers and same thing like tristan says like snap two and then we'll use that as the linchpin of their army like that that'll lob two shells into whatever um every turn um so I, I can see it's, it's quite a useful rule. It's um, when, like you said, when used the right way or in the right spot or with the right combination, it's really sort of a, a combo game rather than a generic, oh, oh, wait, he's right there. Oh, look, I'll just snap those two units together. It's very much, this is where I'm going to put my lieutenant because I need to snap these units at this particular time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But so do you guys think um, running... Okay, so I know for Germans to be like, you know, properly competitive, they have to be late war. But to run that late war list, you know, the standard stuff that you would run with all kitted out stuff, like that's as powerful as an American list, right? Like a Marine list or a, um, or a British list or a Soviet list, right? Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, awesome. Like, yeah, it depends on the list. I mean, yeah, but a list you that you'd a, expect, right? A British Home Guard list. A list that you'd expect. <laughs> Depends on what you expect. It's yeah. I'm 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 just arguing with you for the sake of yeah. No, for sure. Like yeah. But if you um like uh, if if Jay wanted to run a late war German army with all the tools, he could. He'd he could, never he could run that. He he. It would be a balanced oh, game. To come play on. It. In fairness, I take <laughs> I take some weird choices. That's true. Volksgrenadiers. Donald they, Donald they, Trump. They're green. They <laughs> might yeah. Donny Trump. Yeah. Volksgrenadiers that are green and they might fail or they might upgrade. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. You know, to to run it completely vanilla and just go, this is a veteran. Is that my late what German German yeah. German list? Um, it's boring as batshit. Yeah, I got sick of seeing the uh, the typical is it um, yeah four squads of assault rifle toting dudes, a sniper, a mortar, a Nebelwerfer. Uh, Stu H forty two, Stu forty two, and a boomer. Yep. Yeah, that was that was the standard for a little while there. It was terrifying. Sorry, four, yeah, three squads of regs and a squad of like veteran assault pioneers mm-hmm. and a truck. That was always like the jam. You rock up and you just see you 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 rolled up to an event like a cancon and he would put his army down and be like, "Don't even tell me. Can I guess?" And yeah, you you'd nail it ten out of ten. I'd say yeah, I've certainly found that difficult playing mid war Germans where. You know the heaviest tanks that I can take as a Panzer three with a fifty millimeter gun on it. That's that's kind of going into hard mode. That's a challenge. It's there. not even yeah. efficient, is it? It's just like a one of those medium tanks that don't really know what it, what it's doing. Um, it's oh, it's, it's not too tank, bad. It? It, no, it's medium. medium it's yeah. a medium. Um, you can take it as a light. That's like the sort of next model down. Um, I mean, it can soak up a fair bit of firepower, but the fifty millimeter isn't enough really to. Yeah. Punch through anything. It's what's the pen? Uh, five, I think. Yeah, plus five. Yeah, it's plus five, and that's that's what I found. Yeah, it's like a T thirty four, right, uh, or a Sherman, and yeah, th- at that plus five, it's just not good enough to to actually do damage, like proper damage to the tanks that you want to kill. So it's like it's in that range where it's like you know, it's not even worth taking, is it? Mm. And it's not cheap either. <coughs> um, I don't know. It's it it's done okay because it can. Uh, stand up to most um, man portable AT fire anti tank rifles. You've got to roll pretty well to to get through. Panzerfaust chew it up. Um, Piats, if they hit, will will do a number on it. But um, yeah, it's there, there's something about the way that all of the 
the key abilities come from equipment rather than rules that everybody in the army at automatically has. Yeah, like speaking of that, <coughs> my very first tournament game was a grudge match against Hari, and I had my DAC force and. We had a bit of banter going back and forth messaging, and I'm like, I'm going to buzzsaw the living daylights out of your army because that's my national rule, you know, extra dice everywhere. We turned up with his murder wagon, his SAS Jeep with all these, I don't know, 30 machine guns on it, and out buzzsawed the buzzsaw. It was... Um, that was a pretty impressive list, like yeah. that many shots, right? <laughs> that was awesome. I mean, I, I was looking at a, a thematic list and thinking, okay, well... Two platoons, Defence of the East, mo- most theatre selectors for Germans, you get two MMG slots. Were they not able to be one-shotted, that would be great. That would actually absolutely make sense about what a late war, mid-to-late-war German list should do. But the thing of snipers, just one, two, three, four, um, there's something silly about this one-shot rule for small teams that um, I really think doesn't sit well with the theme of the game. Yeah, I think um, that rule should take place against other snipers or Piat teams or something um, like that, but certainly not against um, an MMG or a mortar team where like the other th- two dudes that are alive could easily um, easily use that MMG. I mean, maybe if it made you move, if yeah, one guy gets shot, you have to move. Uh, and reposition. Okay, I could see that being a bit more situational and, and making more sense. But, but but then again, on on the flip side, I mean, especially if you're talking about like a, de- a defensive position, you're not necessarily going to move your machine gun because you don't have the the option. Perhaps maybe an extra pin dice or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra pin Absolutely. on them instead of having to move, or a um, similar to the NCO rule, rolling a dice for the next gunner to step up because while the team is all all t- uh, trained up on how to use the weapon, they don't all specialise in... The, the gunner's the guy who specialises in putting the crosshairs on, on on the enemy. The loader's the one who specialises in feeding the ammo in. So maybe you may, like a, a role like the NCO role to get the next mm. gunner to step into the slot, perhaps. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, or, or maybe it's just a tactical thing about, you know, snipers are just too good and really in the history of the war they were only prevalent outside of the Soviets and Finns in the very late period. Um, I mean, Germans didn't train their own until after Stalingrad when they saw what was what was going on there. Yeah, well, I mean, no, yeah. I don't know, it's kind of one of those balance issues, but, I mean, snipers are pretty good. I mean, I, I use the MMG team at Bear as well. Um, I don't think I mentioned but that would you earlier. take four? Would you spend 200 four, points four on four taking MMGs, four? I probably wouldn't go four, but having one MMG seemed, you know, kind of useful. Um but, I mean, it's just also another small unit that you can use to contest objectives, like, late in the game. Like, you set it up. Tristan's falling asleep over there. Oh, well. Nah, we um, might wrap this up soon so you can go home. But, um, all right, so did we have any conclusions on this one? Like, we all seem pretty divided. I'm, I'm of the opinion that it balance within this game comes down to uh, players and self-regulation. So if you have a community that self-regulates well and, um, you know, you don't have uh, a strong sort of underlying current of players who just wreck face, then, yeah, you do end up with a situation where your community is relatively balanced. Now, I know that this comes up a little bit, but if you look at the Scottish scene, I don't believe it's balanced at all because if it's in the book, it's legal. So therefore, you get guys who'll take whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want to take it. And that, I believe, creates 
um, balances, I would love to see the army lists, not the lists themselves, but just what who's taking what nation to those events. Because I guarantee you're not going to see the Norwegians there. However, at the Melbourne events, who knows, one day you might actually see like a Norwegian list. I may buy one. I don't know. Probably not. I've just talked myself out of it. It's definitely not happening. But you take my meaning. Like it's. I think. I think balance within this game comes down to the community. Uh, we're really lucky in the Melbourne community that we're not win at all costs. We're literally just show up, have fun, throw dice, and go home. Um, yeah, I was Clay Knuckles, if you're listening, man. For you know, first thing, you know, thanks for a really good uh, topic that we got to discuss. But um. I don't know, man. I think it comes down to your community. Do you agree, disagree? Yeah, I, I agree. And ha- having started to um, pay a lot of attention to um, commentary from other communities around the world through through the different Facebook groups that, that I now follow, um, our opinion on this is by no means the standard. The standard. It, it works here in Melbourne. I think it works well. You know, but uh, other people have more of an opinion about this is an artificial construct. It's a game, yeah. and therefore, part of the way that you win a game is by breaking the game. So I think I think that you're right. It, you know what work that this works in Melbourne. I think that you don't call it Melbourne. You call it East Coast Australia, because the three cities that mainly make up the bolt action Australia scene. I'm not saying that they solely make it up, but you know the the largest contingent of bolt action players generally seem to be from Melbourne, Canberra, and Sydney. Now. I know that we do have players in Queensland, you know, big Robbie Lambert, we miss your boy, you know, can't wait for you to see you again. Hari's up there. Um, I am not personally in contact or aware of players within the South Australian scene. Ditto for the Perth scene. I know they're there, I just don't know any of them and therefore I don't have a hell of a lot to do with their communities. I don't know what podcasts they're listening to, I don't know what articles they're reading, I don't know what events they're running. Um, you could go to Western Australia and it could be like Scotland. I don't. I have no idea. So, Perth players, if you're listening to this, get in touch. Hell tell yeah, us absolutely. Tell us how it works. Yeah. There, there is actually a, um, a Bolt Action WA in Perth Facebook group. I've actually jumped on board with that um, and been watching uh, how they're developing. It seems got, they've got quite a uh, good following over there. It's growing too. I mean, WA is such a massive landmass that, <laughs> you know, you can, you've got a probably... It's also very decentralised as well. Yeah. It's not like you have a big hub like Melbourne or Sydney. I mean, you've got Perth and then it's all sort of, everything else is scattered, so... For sure. So, I mean, like, in, outside of Perth, I guess, like, it's it would be hard to, I suspect, to have a pretty vibrant community, like... Yeah, yep. No, no, I, I imagine there'd be a, a bit of a scene, well, maybe on the army bases, out in yeah, the boonies, yep. you know. Get in touch with us. Let us know what, uh, what your scene's like. And if, uh, if you're getting in touch with us, that means... You listen to our podcast and thank you because I don't know why. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we'll we'll wrap it up for tonight. So uh, thanks for we tuning in. We haven't discussed He-Man tattoos yet. Come on, boy. Oh, I've got a beast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so look, the next event we got is Op-Off. I think we'll have a proper discussion of that one next time. Rubes, you want to come back? Would love to. All right, no worries. We're going to have Rubes back a lot more frequently. Um, so yeah, op off. Uh, Rubes, what are you taking op off? Soviets. Jay, what are you taking op off? Don't know yet. Uh, depends. You were what meant to say Soviets. Well, no, it depends job, what's JL. needed. One, One job. job. No, it depends what's needed because I could take British, Soviets, yeah, or Germans. Yeah, I can take American. Oh, no, I think my Americans are being lent out to Jonathan George, 
Uh, so I'm taking Soviets. I'm put a lot of work into this list. Oh, by the way, my display board, it's going to have a brome crater on it. Oh, nice. Coming Beautiful. out. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Imagine this, imagine this. The intro to the amazing documentary Enemy at the Gates. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. first 10 minutes. That's what my display board, that's what I'm going to go for. I'm, I've even found uh, era-appropriate Soviet propaganda leaflets and they are going to be strewn about the place. I can't Beautiful. wait. I'm looking forward to the, this list. It's going to be fun to run. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'll get mine done in, in time. Uh, you will if you stop bitching and start painting. No, no. If I stop crippling myself every time <laughs> I sit pa- and paint, paint for a few hours. Paint standing yeah. up. <laughs> get a standing desk. <laughs> <laughs> Just stand in the corner. Look. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a, a terrifying look. Poor Marissa will walk in. What are you doing? <gasps> It's like, like the, stood in the corner. It's like the last scene of the Blair Witch Project. That's it, yeah. You just, just go into the basement. There's JL painting furiously, muttering to himself. Uh, Lockie, what are you taking? Are you I, taking... I, I won't be there. We, oh, we discussed this. No, you are. You're not going to be there. No, I'm going on a road trip. You're going on a road trip to play Settlers of Catan I'll probably, in oh, Canberra. Well, no, no, Wollongong. Uh, we'll Wollongong? probably will play some uh, bolt action against my good friend uh, Kakawa. What, uh, okay, so what's the, what's the timeline for the French? Depends how uh, quickly I can buy up the models. That that's the problem at the moment for me uh, is money. Not not so much painting. Lockie, uh, do you want a Spruken army? You might be selling. If you want to buy Lockie's uh, Russians, get in contact with the Bacon Burgers because they are going for an absolute song and they look great. True story. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no, I am trying to sell the Soviets just so I can um, fund some other projects. Um, until it's either it's either sell the Soviets or sell your body. And let's be honest. No one's buying the, <laughs> no, no one's buying the body. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> Take one for the motherland. <laughs> not although, just, not look, back there. Not look, back uh, there. I'm, I'm, I'm on the job hunt at the moment. I've got an interview tomorrow. So hopefully I'll have oh, some money luck, coming in luck. soon. Is it, is it at the French embassy? Because I know two blokes can probably give you a reference. The cat shelter. <laughs> I show, I show up my foreign legion and be like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah uh, literally like, yeah. French. Yeah, yeah. I can so, speak French. Oh, the baguettes. Uh, the, the, baguette. the, the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> hey. Don't laugh. He sounded Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. Being a a painter and a hobby nerd got me a job once. Really? Got me a job in a paint store. Oh, question, question. Would you put I am on a hobby podcast on your resume? I think I would. You would? I would. Yeah, because cool. it shows uh, commitment. It shows uh, communication Ex- skills. Extracurriculum. Yeah, you're right. Communication skills. That's I'm trying to get a job in communication. So, like, I mean... So, hang on. Well, Rubes, do you reckon Lockie would make a good cop? He'd have to shave first. Don't nah, say that. Well, no, girl. he's out. That's it. <laughs> my, my grandfather has actually been on my case trying trying to get me to trying to get me to sign up for the cops he's like oh it'd be a great job for a young bloke like you like they're hiring they'll be you'll be there we for are they will break you hard <laughs> I think Rubes and I had this conversation where I said I've got massive respect for anybody you can put on the uniform because if I was a cop Week one, I would pistol whip somebody. I just, I have a low tolerance for putting up with people's man, bullshit. Do not let, do not give this guy a gun. No, oh, man. I'm I good would, with a gun. Just don't, s- don't, just don't, don't be a fuckwit around me when I have a gun because I will shoot you. Like, I, I, yeah, I would don't, 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 <laughs> don't give him a gun. <laughs> I, I would end up going so full axe cop. Axe cop, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I've read the original comics. Yeah, written by a five-year-old. Yeah, and illustrated by his uh, older brother. Yeah, <laughs> older brother. No, look, I hundred percent older brother. Older brother. No, nah, older brother. 
Rubes, I could see you and me rolling around as cops, though. Like, obviously, you are a cop, but me in this hypothetical situation as um, in you know the cops in Superbad, Seth yeah. Rogen and Bill Hader just rolling around, <laughs> shooting up the squad car at the end of the night. That'd be Man, a good look. That'd be Thank- cool. Uh, actually, I will sign up, and yeah. I'll, if if, I'll, if I can be in your unit. All right, now I'll, I'll finish this off with with a joke. I'll finish this off with a joke because he's sitting next to you. Unbeknownst to all of you, I, I, I missed I that. I am in the very, very most secret police. So uh, you you have all been part of the sting operation. Oh wow! Okay, yes, longer well, than you think. But, but in the spirit of, of it was it was, it was, it was my, a long con. My my brothers in the secret police. It is Latvia. It is 1947. Man here, knock on door, knock knock knock. Who is there? It's Potato Man. I come, give you a free potato. The man in the house, he is overjoyed. He opens the door thinking, yeah, finally, my life, it works out. I get free potato. <laughs> it's not free Potato Man. It's secret police. Tumbleweed. <laughs> Latvian jokes. <laughs> Man, that went way over oh, my head. Oh, I, actually yeah. heard, I actually have heard that one that, before. There is a whole genre yeah. of jokes called Latvian jokes that, that are I'm complete Latvian jokes existential com. despair. It, it is a thing. <laughs> complete existential despair, um, non sequitur jokes. I'll look that up. I'll look that up. Um, just, just on closing, I would just uh, like to take this opportunity. Thanks, Rubes, for coming so for stopping by. No, my pleasure. Um, Thanks for having me. I, I think I've finally made it to the big leagues or have I made it to rock bottom? I'm not sure yet. You are scraping the bottom of the barrel, boy. <laughs> it's only up from here. Yes. <laughs> if you can make it out of here, you're now tainted. Dig up, stupid. Yeah. It's like I said, by the time you're done, you'd be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've been involved with a hate crime. Um, but yeah, uh, the, other, uh, the other person I wanted to actually thank is Lucky. Thank you for doing roving, Lockie, because it's really nice to uh, have somebody else do the work for once. And I'm not—that's not me slinging shit at Robin Garrett, but yeah, generally when I did it back in the day, it was always me on the microphone and the guy saying, "Oh no, it's embarrassing. I don't want to do that." So you doing that is just fucking awesome. So thank you very much. Keep doing that. Keep it's like a very own Lockie. guy smiley. Oh hell yeah, I'm hearing you. I'm, no worries, I mate. like it a lot. Look, I enjoyed it. It was um, it was fun. It was just um, like there's heaps of heaps of dudes in the bold action community down in Melbourne. And he, I'm sure. Well, there what is. <laughs> bit, bit, lots of dudes. No, <laughs> we need men. <laughs> no. Um, no, look, and it's, and it's. I think it's just good to give other people a bit of a go as well, because like I, I'm sure people are sick of listening to the, us three, and that's why I'm, I'm glad that we had Rubes on tonight. We've had. Um, I hope we have some more guests in the future as well, because like I'm sure Jared, people, people get. What in my house? Skype. <laughs> on my inter- in series of tubes yeah. we'll work it out we'll work it out no it's probably like i'm sure the listeners uh well i hope the listeners and um like it that it's not just the three of us uh bitching and moaning and talking shit all the, the last time. thing the last thing i want to hit you guys with before we wrap this up is um if anyone listening out there if you guys do want us to discuss a particular topic maybe you want our thoughts on it uh, maybe even uh, keep us keep hitting us up with events. Um, we didn't. I we kind of recorded. We tried to record this episode like four times, and every time it's like I got shingles, and then Lockie got the clap, um, and something else again. happened again. Second, third time this year. It's it's a, you got for the record, man. Cat AIDS is a thing. <laughs> feline, no feline yeah, AIDS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, F, one F, of the cats did have herpes on its eye. Oh God. <laughs> Did you give the, the herpes to the cat, Loggy, or was it a reciprocal thing? Um, Let's go, fuck <laughs> Whoa, no, 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 no. 
It's the wrong kind of oh, pussy. Stop chasing the pussy. It keeps getting worse. <laughs> it's gone downhill. See, hate crime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Run, um, Rubes, run. But yeah, so yeah, if you guys do have an event that you would like us to spruik, <laughs> uh, please hit us up on the Facebook page. Uh, I know that, um, was it Sud- Sudlik? Southern Lights? Yeah, um, when that's, is that? That's, that's coming up soon. Away. Yeah. yeah. Um, Where is Actas, it? That's Tasmania. Dan, Dan yeah, that'll be a fantastic. If you're What's in Tasmania, August, maybe, yeah, you might be right there. I think um, Moab soon. Moab's coming up. We're heading up for Moab. Well, two two out of three of us are lucky. We'll see. We'll see. We'll Look, see what's oh, going on with the Richmond Football Club, mate. I'm looking at the tags. We're up the top. We're with fucking inform. And Tell you what, I was a go bit, back to back. I was a little bit crushed when England got knocked out of the World Cup by Croatia this morning. Just a, just a, just a smidge. Um, that happened this morning. Oh, yeah, geez. I was a little bit upset. I'm I was just like, I wasn't all that interested in it, but I would have liked to have seen England go all the way. But, you know, as always, next time, I suppose. Uh, my personal tip is uh, I think the finals due to be played this Sunday. I think France is going home with it. This is my personal feeling. Uh, they're really strong. Croatia, you got lucky. That's it. Um, so, yeah, if you have an event you want us to spruik, hit us up. If you want us to discuss a particular topic, maybe you want us to draw it out and you want to get our particular view on it, then hit us up. Uh, maybe you even want to jump on the podcast. I'm not promising that's going to happen, but um, yeah, if you want to, if you got something you want to say or anything you want us to sort of chat to you about, hit us up on the hit us up on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, we're happy to talk to you. We're very responsive. Uh, if you are listening to this and you haven't liked the Facebook page, go ahead and like it because uh, you know it's always nice to get feedback from people. Anyway, I'm going to make the long drive home. Um, Lockie's going home in the back of a Dewey van. Uh, Rubes, you're not the first sleeping. time. Rubes, no, you're sleeping at the station house tonight. It's a good look. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, better than the hour and a half drives back to Castlemaine. So, word. Now, am I right in thinking you actually you're on annual leave as of tomorrow afternoon? I am as of three o'clock tomorrow, so I'm going to have three weeks of painting for the Hof. <sighs> I can't wait to see what you cook up. Um, yeah, genuinely, I think it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. everyone's looking forward to the Hof. So. Uh, I think we'll maybe try and meet uh, again, maybe before the half or after the half. So, you know, next episode, three or four weeks' time. We'll see how we go. I'll give you an update on my shingles. Lockie will give you an update on his Frenchman. JL will give you an update on his sneaky cheese. And, oh, uh, man, I'll be, be locking you all up in the gulag long before There then. you go. And then, um, yeah, Rubes, you'll probably... I, I imagine three weeks you're not going to put pants on, are you? Nah, sans nah. sans pants. No, nah, yeah. nothing but couch jocks. Moo moo, moo moo, booze, <laughs> bin <and> liner. <laughs> <laughs> Just wearing a bin liner. <laughs> it gets cold and rains a lot in Castlemaine, so you know, it keeps keeps you dry. Fur line bin liner. <laughs> Just a big collection of chicken bones on the couch. No. Oh, it'd be disgusting. Can't right. wait, guys. Thanks for joining us again. Um, we will see you next time on the Bacon Burgers.
you next time on the Bacon Burgers.